0: Welcome to Geek Fights. I'm Mike Ortiz. This is a special bonus podcast. Uh, As you know, we have many guests on our show, but every once in a while, we are guests on someone else's show. Uh, One show in particular is the Soulless Minions of Orthodoxy podcast uh, from Josh and Justin Bradley. Uh, They do alternative DVD commentaries, uh, and uh, they have hosted Damon and I on uh, commentaries for movies like Batman and Robin. Uh, revenge of the Sith uh, I've been on one for Star Trek 6 and recently they've had Damon myself uh, plus geek fighters Michael Felsher and Alan to do a commentary for Star Trek 3 uh, you should really check out their show uh, I, I really like their commentaries for Galaxy Quest and Superman 4 and Star Trek Insurrection but they do a wide range of movies not just sci-fi and fantasy movies. They do like Space Camp and Heavenly Kid, uh, and uh, and even some some odd ones like Steel Magnolias. Uh, but uh, they do a lot of really good stuff. You can you can play along while you're watching the movie, but you can also just listen to the commentary itself if you know the movie pretty well. So I urge you to check them out at SoullessMinions.Libson.com. Uh, you can also find them on iTunes just search for soulless minions of orthodoxy and Josh uh, has been gracious enough to allow us to use uh, some of their commentaries in our feed so uh, please uh, pay them back by checking out some of the ones that we're not on Uh, but without further ado here is a commentary from the soulless minions of orthodoxy featuring uh, Josh Bradley myself Damon Shaw Michael Felscher and Alan doing Star Trek 3
1: you're listening to (laughs) the soulless minions of orthodoxy alternative DVD commentaries our movie for today is Star Trek 3 the search for Spock Uh, today I'm joined by my uh, usual co-host Justin the other minion say hello hello Uh, also I have Mike Ortiz and Damon Shaw of Geekvite say hello guys
2: hello hello guys
1: Michael Felcher of uh, Redshirt Pictures. Hello. And Alan. I'm J.D. alan.com.
2: Shut up, bird. <laughs> All
1: right. Uh, we're just going to go ahead and get started here. If you want to watch the movie with us, which I hope you do, our sync point is going to be the uh, white frame after the Paramount logo fades up. And on the standard DVD, that's about 13 seconds. It may vary for the Blu-ray, but we're going to go ahead and get started. When you hear me say "on am We'll all unpause together, watch the movie in sync. Here comes the countdown. Finger on your remotes. Three, two, one, unpause.
3: <laughs> so
0: as I was saying, this was an interesting way to open the movie with this slow pull in.
1: I think it was on, uh, on that. Yeah, the best way to open uh, this film, recapping the events of Star Trek II, and this famous scene inside the radiation chamber and. It's slightly abridged if you notice the way he's yeah, yeah the there way there's a bit missing. Yeah, the way Spock says "Live long and prosper" it's his when it's back it's the Shatner
3: right here and that's not quite the way it happened in in Trek two. They kind of abridged it a little bit. It's interesting that Spock is shorter than Shatner cuz cuz Nemoy is actually kind of a tall dude. I was kind of surprised when I met him. Damon, how was he how was Shatner? I I love your Shatner story. Was he was he like a little dude?
4: He wasn't a little dude. He, he's the normal size dude. He's,
3: he's he was like, f- like five foot eight or something like that.
4: Uh, I, I, I think he's shorter than me. I can't remember. I just remember being pissed about him not shaking my hand. So.
3: Yeah, but you're, how, how tall are you, Damon? I, I ran across. I, I walked acro- by you. Are you 6'0 or 6'1 or something? No, I'm uh, 5'10, 5'11. Oh, I'm 5'11. Maybe you just looked. Maybe I was so starstruck by your, uh, by your, by your Trek trivia from TrekCast. You just see, seem bigger. I wonder if this no, no, uh, this uh, you'll
2: notice there's no yeah. shots of Christie Alley from Star Trek Two.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's oh, a good point. Not. Yeah, I hadn't really thought about it, but uh, I wonder if this was written into the script the way the uh, it starts off as a smaller viewpoint and then slowly expands and then washes back. No, that color. was
5: that was probably an editorial choice down you the line. I think so. Yeah, I,
4: I, I still get mad that his final shot across the bow, Shatner or. Kirk insults Spock by saying he was the most human. I know as a human that seems like a great thing, but he was striving to be more Vulcan, not more human. He does not at that point.
0: After Star Trek: The Motion Picture, he uh, he comes to grips with humanity. humanity. So this is uh, this is the the older Spock who actually accepts. And actually, by the time you get to Star Trek Six, you
3: know there's still that joke when Kirk says everybody's human.
1: Yes, I find that remark
3: insulting. Yeah. Okay, okay. Now, Michael, why did you want to do Star Trek 3? Was there a particular reason?
2: Uh, yeah, because I have something of a love hate relationship with this movie. I, uh, there are individual scenes in it throughout, which I think are fantastic. And it's amazing when you look at how many major events take place during the course of this movie. And yet, I feel that the script for this movie is an absolute disaster on many levels. It is a film designed solely for the imp- purpose of bringing back a major character. And it all feels like it was written with the end scene first, and then they tried to figure out a whole movie to get to that end scene. And as a result, you have some of the most ridiculous plot lapses in, this, in Star Trek and some of the most ridiculous gaps of logic Ooh, in Star Trek. You're going
1: to have to point those out. I didn't think this movie had any.
2: Oh, there's there's tons of them. There are tons of them. Character behavior, which doesn't make a lick of sense. Every
0: Star Trek movie has that, I mean.
2: Though. They do. I mean, I'm not saying that this is unique in that regard, but this one has some of the most egregious examples of that. And every time, even as a kid, I remember watching the movie when I was like 11 years old when I first went and saw it. And I saw it several times. Like, when you get to the last the last 15 minutes of this movie, you're absolute deaf. I remember walking out after seeing it the first time. Because by that point, it's like, well, I'll get to that later, but it's like, you know Spock's coming back. There's no suspense in this movie. We're not going to end this movie... With, you know, Dame Judith Anderson coming down saying, yeah, they both died. I mean, it wasn't going to happen. It was it, Spock was definitely going to come back. So if the whole movie is jerry-rigged around that idea, the movie doesn't generate any real suspense with it. And it just, I don't know. But I got a lot of, there's, but there's great stuff in this movie, but it's just, its I think the movie's a fucking mess.
1: Well, I think there's a lot of great stuff in this movie. And I think that's probably because, I mean, you mentioned the ending being kind of, you said death, but I mean I can't I can't really agree with that. I think that it's like Empire Strikes Back. It has an emotional climax. Yeah, but Michael,
3: Michael, right? Cr- Michael, career-wise, right now, do you consider could you, could you consider yourself a producer or director?
2: Both, I guess. I mean, oh, I okay.
3: Really... When you watch this movie, though, where, when you watch this movie where, as a little kid or or whatever age you were at, mm-hmm. where you're thinking like, oh, I can do what the fuck? I could do better than that. I'm, I'm no, no.
2: It wasn't a matter of that. It was just a matter of that doesn't make sense to me. Oh, okay. I mean, there were times where I'm sitting there going, well, how did they know? I mean, if you're a little kid, you're just seeing yourself, well, that really, why would they say that? I mean, it's stuff like that. I mean, for a directorial debut, Nimoy does a pretty good job here. Uh, he, he handles most of the major set pieces very well. The problem, really, strictly speaking, is, as we're seeing the screenwriting credit come up, uh, is Harv Bennett's script, which I feel... Was not entirely his fault. Obviously, the studio's going to have some ways that they want things done, but the whole movie exists primarily to bring one character back, and I just think it, a lot of it's just kind of time killing, kind of a waste. Yeah. <laughs> but here we see the enter- here we see the Enterprise. Now it's see, it's not established how long this has been. Probably only a matter of a few weeks since the event one
0: of the things the though is is I mean it, I think it's obvious, and they they never made any bones about it from from the start i mean the title of the movie is the search for spock and you know so ultimately i don't i don't think you're going to have a, a lot if you're looking for a, oh my god what's the surprise going to be is he going to make it i mean that's not what the drama in the movie's about it's about the the voyage that the characters take and even though it's kind of sloppy i think that voyage is probably the best Character moments, character arc uh, in any of the Star Trek movies. You know, this it's, movie's not about plot. This movie is about characters. What, yeah. It's Check about out that chick's ass, shirts, dude. It's about sex. Emotional. You know, they're showing that chick's uh, ass right there. Well, that's in Shatner's contract. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: gotta have yeah. I gotta have a chick with a nice ass behind me. Uh, and so Sulu's thing... gotta have a dude with a nice ass.
4: <laughs> another thing that comes out of Star Trek 3 that nobody really considers is Klingon. The Klingon
2: yeah. Krug, language... Krug is the first modern Klingon, really. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, not yeah. just the language, the I mean,
0: he he is the template. Yeah. The t- yeah. The yeah, yeah. But yeah. in
3: Star Trek One, wasn't it Dohan who did the first uh Klingon language in Star Trek One?
2: Well, there's only like,
3: picture like three lines so, of yeah, dialogue. And, and we yeah, only yeah. see
2: them for a couple of seconds. We don't get any real sense of who those characters
0: are. Those Klingons feel very, very different. I mean, they're not the you know the robed noble warrior race. I mean, they're the old Klingons were really just kind of swarthy weaselly guys. I mean, they don't become these kind of warriors uh, until this movie and after. Yeah. You know, by the time you get to six, I mean, six is well, really next gen defines that. But you know, this even the look. I mean, this is the first. The they didn't have robes in Star Trek the Motion Picture. They didn't have long hair in Star Trek the Motion Picture. They didn't, didn't shoot the each other place. on the fucking bridge for for screwing up.
2: Oh, there's phil Morris, uh, the uh the black actor that went on to be on Seinfeld. He was Jackie the lawyer the lawyer from yeah. Seinfeld, yeah
0: he's also the Martian manhunter on Smallville.
2: That's right he I does a lot, <laughs> lots, a lot of voiceover a lot of a lot of voiceover work
3: any any of the fan club people make it to uh to this this uh this movie you know remember like a, the the emotion picture had a lot of fan club people in it. Is that all done by this time?
1: Yeah, I don't think cool. they did that I don't yeah. Well, what do you guys think of this 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 movie? Its opening, in particular, its its very somber kind of tone. It, I, it, I, it, I
2: like the opening; is fine. It's good, actually. I think it's the way it should open.
1: I, I mean, yeah. listen to that monologue by Shatner. You know, um, yeah. the, the Enterprise feels like a house with all the children gone. You know, it's R- it's a un- on
3: the back, a little bit.
1: It's very uh, it's a very unusual, yep. somber, personal opening, and that's why I think this movie is the most. A satisfying for me because it contains the most emotion you know and I, I often say it's the empire strikes back of the star trek trilogy i mean this is part two of the original star trek trilogy two three and four and i think it contains the most emotion and you know because like you said i mean it's called the search for spock but as as you're saying mike you know it's about all the characters and their sacrifice and what they're willing to go through to get check spock out back. that
3: scene man that guy would not be looking at the screen right there he'd be looking over his over his left yeah. shoulder he would, yeah, he was even
0: even as a the, kid, I was like, oh, my, Klingon. Thomas. Well, yeah, I mean, you really, oh,
3: heavy-ass melon. This was
0: a sweet, sweet moment. Oh, this is awesome. Bird, the reveal of that ship. Well, oh, yeah.
5: Ridiculous.
1: I mean, this movie, oh, yeah, is, yeah, you said the movie establishes Klingon, but it also establishes the bird of prey. Yeah, was that a targ? targ? Yeah, the targ right there.
3: Um, Interestingly yeah, the enough, you know, you know, what, you
2: know, it was supposed to be a Romulan. It was supposed to be Romulans in this movie originally, and they had already designed the bird of prey, when they made the change so they didn't make it's actually got a lot of romulan textures and and artwork on the ship if you look at it but they yeah. just kept it for the Klingons they never bothered to redesign it yeah well, they, is it, is they this wrote a
0: backstory though that uh, this was actually a Romulan bird of prey that uh, Krug had defeat I mean he took it as his own and there was a scene I guess I don't know if it's in a book or if it's in something else where uh, prior to this where he's in contact with uh uh, the Klingons and and they're like when are you going to get rid of that ship and get a proper Klingon ship so they did have a backstory at one point but then they dump it and this is just a Klingon ship now I mean and there are lots of Klingon ships
5: I've kind of I've heard that too I remember reading or hearing that somewhere but to look at this ship I'm glad they changed it because it uh, granted we only saw a Romulan ship back in the old series but it had a distinctive look the, the little kind of circle almost with the little wings and this doesn't look anything like that this really does feel like a, a continuation of the uh well, what did they call the this the class of klingon ship that we saw in the original series the yeah was the, the or something. d7 d7 the d7 yeah. was on the
0: tv show and the katinga was in the movie
4: that's right
3: the, the that other thing these.
4: is the uh the set for the bridge here changes. Uh, it changes a little bit, but this is the same set they use for the entire run of Star Trek from Next Generation on for Klingon Bridges. That's oh, it. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. It oh,
3: awesome.
1: gets
4: used and it,
2: and originally over this and over set, again. Whoa. I don't remember the movie, but this set was re- that set was originally designed for some other science fiction movie that didn't end yeah. up getting made. And they just used it for this. Paramount oh, just kind of said, that.
1: here, well, we've got this. Here's something else that gets established, the Starbase. I love this this, this. this thing is, is yeah. huge. I mean, think of the manpower that thing is it would unbelievably take. Unbelievably huge. It would uh, think of the, yeah. It, it would affect the tides. It, I mean, it's it, gigantic.
5: It, it, it's <laughs> it's almost unfathomably big. Yeah. you
1: know, it's almost I mean, unrealistic. It gets it, like so. it's, it's, yeah. It's almost ridiculous. Like the Klingon bridge, it gets reused. I mean, you see it in TNG sure. and
0: oh yeah, but well, I just love it. I mean, it's one of those ideas that that you know science fiction kicks around a lot, but to get it, to see it actually. Uh, brought to life on screen and and be that amazing and impressive was uh,
1: sweet and i think these effects for what, what year was this 1984 mm-hmm. oh yeah these effects still hold up in my mind
2: no, they're very good. They're very I mean, it's the stuff on the planet in the practical sense that really have aged pretty badly. Well, I know the, a lot of people I&M have ILM stuff is still great. I mean, oh, yeah, not,
1: yeah. I mean, these are all models and, and composites, but I think they look beautiful in the Enterprise. Is, and there's
2: this asshole it's, pushing his ship right in front of the Enterprise like a dare. Like, go in front of the Enterprise when they come back in, I dare you. That
0: would have been funny if they just, like, shot it and blew it up.
2: <laughs> yeah, just for <laughs> no... we are, gonna, we are about the to get a cameo. Here. Here. Yeah. There's a cameo coming dude, up here.
3: Dude, this spaceship um, is... That station is bigger than the Death Star.
2: Yeah, and we're gonna—we're about to see a cameo from an old uh, series regular.
3: Oh, that's awesome! Look mm-hmm. at that, Ye-
2: Yeoman Rand is gonna look disapprovingly at the uh, battle damage as it goes by her window. Oh, I
1: love, way. yeah, I love her disapproving nod. But she's—you
3: like, know—again, wasn't was, was Rand on the motion picture, or in the motion picture? Yeah, 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 she, yeah she, was. she was. She was in the was. Transporter, transporter room. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, this is a kind of a, a nice callback—the reoccurring theme of becoming old and being replaced they're using the excelsior here she
3: is they're using the excelsior to uh they're kind of crusher crusher -er crusher-ing her out a little bit there although it's a little bit before crusher it looks like red hair
2: well it was 1984 that was the hair from 1984 so what are you gonna
4: do well and she was a
2: blonde you
1: the why
4: it was easier to cover up her red her gray hair with red
1: hair than trying to cover up the blonde i mean look at this lighting i mean Everything about this movie is so somber. I mean, they have this blue, very
3: Oh, that chick's ass doesn't look so good from the side.
1: <laughs> C- cloaking the whole crew. It's kind of flat, you know?
3: yeah. And now
2: we're about to get into the scene where we realize McCoy's got issues.
1: <laughs> you know, I never really noticed until I was watching this the other day. I was taking notes. But uh, when, he, when he looks at the uh, information here on the screen, it says S1 Heavy Cruiser.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I never really thought of the enterprise as a heavy cruiser i mean later the klingons are gonna say federation battle cruiser you know and i never mm-hmm. really thought of the enterprise as a as a battle cruiser just more of a ship of exploration but i guess well, that's what no.
5: the klingons refer to it as but they no no the federation the constitution class
2: cruiser.
4: is yeah. a heavy cruiser yeah it's
2: yeah but,
1: yeah, but it has some nice armor
2: well, was yeah, that but, the last time we saw those kind of helmets on those guys? Because I seem to recall we saw them one other time.
1: I don't recall seeing were, these uniforms used again. No, that's from yeah, Buck Rogers.
2: Those yeah. uniforms
0: actually are from uh, Star Trek: The Motion Picture. They're just painted. In Star God. Trek: The Motion Picture, they're the beige gray sort of things. And I don't, you see them like in the scene with Ilea. but uh, I think this is just those
3: repainted. So is Shatner wearing a girdle here? When is everybody girdling? See, I'm not well, that just, hip on the behind the scenes. Well,
2: yeah, you know, it's funny looking at us now. I mean, God, what Shatner was in his fifties when he did this, but this was twenty five years ago. Yeah, that's that's pretty amazing. I love
1: this hearing Spock's voice. Yeah, yeah. it's not Yeah, it was a very good touch. In the in the shadows, yeah, you wonder who. I mean, it could the, be. the
2: movie starts off strong. It goes for me. it Starts going wrong in about ten fifteen minutes. But it's, you it's, mean yeah, this
4: Robin is, Curtis?
2: No, no, it has to do with Admiral Disco. But I'll explain him when he shows up. I think it's pretty strong until the Enterprise gets to
0: Genesis, and that's where it starts to, to have problems. Yeah, it
2: really does kind of have. But this is a great—it's a great moment because I love the fact Kirk's like, is he just complete he has no fucking idea what's wrong with him.
1: But look at the so, acting on his face. I mean, Boris Kelly is really selling the fact that he is completely gone. Oh, oh
2: he's yeah, off Crazy the scale. McCoy. This is this goes yeah. back to
0: City on the Edge of Forever. Crazy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah.
1: I mean, you know,
0: just a little less pissed.
3: And yeah, just, but, you know, you yeah. buy it, though. Another, I mean, oh, you, no, you believe man. it all the way. Remember. remember, Yeah.
2: And there's like this great shot of them just kind of him holding him here, this long shot, just for a mm-hmm. second. It's really touching because it's like, he's like, what the fuck what do the... I do now? What there's a the... lot of great fuck.
3: silences in this movie, too. Get them mm-hmm. now. Yeah,
2: that's a great shot.
3: Glitter Vulcan symbol on the wall there.
2: Uh, here's the dude I have a real fucking problem with.
3: This is uh, Admiral Morrow. Yeah, Admiral.
2: I call him Admiral Disco because he's got some very strange patterns to his voice. Uh, There's lines he has like, I'm sorry, Mr. Scott, but there will be no refit.
1: Well, I think he's got a great voice. Who
2: who talks like this? And then he has a... The issue I have with this guy is he single-handedly fucks up the entire goddamn movie because of a complete... When the scene comes up later... He represents Starfleet, and he's like one of the most close-minded individuals you will ever see in your life.
1: I don't think and- he's cl- Oh, he's this—he's he's cautious, yeah. you know. He's by the books. I,
2: I call bullshit on that.
1: Yeah, the guy who's close-minded is the captain of the Excelsior. I mean, the guy—he's no, just
2: know. an idiot. Well, you yeah, see yeah. he is
1: an idiot. Well, yeah, but he thinks he's—you know—got you know the but best that, ship in the universe. But this guy, what's wrong with him? He's fine.
4: But idiot admirals are classic Star Trek. <laughs> All the admirals in Star Trek are idiots. Well, they're All just the way by down. the book.
0: That's the whole. That's right. why uh, you know Kirk is is the Maverick that does what's right, not what
3: what the rules say. Wait a yeah, minute. What, what, what did Cisco? Kind of what did Cisco get promoted to? Just was, no, no. Beyond captain, captain when he, he he was captain when he he did the whole Dominion War thing or headed up yeah. the war, he, he, he was he, not an admiral. He, he, he was not an admiral. He he still was
4: at the rank of captain. He was just in charge of a sh- they shit They have used ton of that sh-
3: that's, now. When did
2: Kirk, Kirk re-record record this? The, yeah. When did he re-read? Why would he redo I this? I was going to
1: mention that. Yeah. I mean, I he, never, obviously, I,
2: he
0: obviously well, did. Well, you it. know, now that it's a big deal, they don't just want
1: some scientist on there. They well, work. I mean, he obviously did this after the events of two, before the events of three. But how much time did go by? And do you think he'd be in grief? You know, he would want to talk about Genesis.
2: Yeah, when did he get the order? Say, hey, by the way, uh, in, in the middle of getting your ship fixed and coming back home, can you re-record that Genesis they, video?
5: They didn't want to uh, pay BB Besh again. Yeah, me, that's but. when he decided to record
1: it. <laughs> yeah, you think <laughs> that's why they didn't want to have to pay her royalties? Oh, oh I,
0: yeah, totally. That's, that's oh, yeah. the reason why. Oh, that Let's really is.
3: That, okay, Let's I thought you were being I mean,
0: I, I can't that. see any other reason.
3: Wait, who was who BB Best? Was that the chick, the one? She was yeah. uh, Doctor Carol. Yeah, Carol Marcus. Okay.
2: But see, because of this video, this is where Krug gets the weird idea that Kirk is in command of Genesis and like carries it around his pocket or something through the whole picture. Because he's like, he's the Genesis commander, and now we got to go get the Genesis thing, whatever the fuck it is. I mean, Krug's plan, he didn't, he establishes himself as a very dim bulb of a guy. He's not, he doesn't think things through very well.
1: Well, you know, if you want to, I mean, he can't match up to Khan from Star Trek 2. No one can. But I think Christopher Lloyd knocks this out of the park.
2: I think he does I think he does a really great job. My problem is it's no one's fault. At that point, all I could see was Christopher Lloyd in the makeup. All I saw was Reverend Jim. It was really hard because it was such a one eight. Oh, yeah. It was really hard for me not to see Reverend Jim under that. Whereas like with Doc see, Brown I, a year later, I that character fit very well with Christopher Lloyd. I, I think never, he does a great
0: job. I never here. had that problem. I always uh, I always thought he was a great Klingon uh, Commander. Yeah, I, I still think it is. I think it's, this is one of, the, one of
1: my favorite Klingon performances. Oh, it's, it's excellent. I mean, look at this, the f- uh, photography in this movie, it's like these close ups. You don't get close ups like this in, in Star Trek usually. You
3: know what Because yeah,
0: the, 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 the usually there are cats in there too. So and, you've got these okay. two comedy guys. <laughs> yeah. Well, now, so you the, other... the
2: most contested planet in all of the universe. And, and we've got one ship. And the Federation sends out basically a Tonka toy. With the Forrest Gump of Starfleet in command of the <laughs> ship. Well, he- now I don't understand this. I have never. This is one of those moments where it's like, you know, you think they give him shields or something. Well,
1: I'm sure they have. <laughs> I mean, he just didn't turn them on in time. But I mean, no, this was another. No, he sh- was
2: he was he was too busy standing by for evasive. The fuck stands by for evasive? Was it? Oh, stand uh, by I, was, for evasive? I was
1: listening to uh, uh, Nimoy's commentary on this earlier, and he was mentioning that he wanted to kind of. Uh, feminized the ship a little bit and that's why they have pink chairs in this bridge yeah he wanted it just, to seem weaker compared to the enterprise
2: well he didn't have to do much i mean it, it's he it just put it. a, a dork in the in command and uh, don't have it have any weaponry or any ability to defend itself whatsoever. Well, it's not going
0: to defend itself against a bird of prey. No. So it th- well, could have
2: at least lasted more than one fucking shot.
4: Yeah, you know what? Honestly, a bird of prey is one of the weakest ships in all of all of Star Trek. It's a five it's to ten man big. cruiser. At, it, it's very small. At This time, it's small, but it does. I
0: mean, at this time, that's not established.
4: I know. I know it's not established. It's, it's, a, it's established after. And the Grissom is, oh, God damn it! I'm trying to remember the class of ship. I don't know why I know all this shit. But the Grissom is a science vessel, and it's really not built to go up against stuff. So if they had gotten their shields up, they would have been able to last a really long time against a bird of prey. Because a bird of prey is very tiny. They are not very big. They don't have that much firepower. Uh, This captain is just a fucking idiot.
2: (laughs) He is. He is a complete tard. I mean, this guy, he sees a goddamn cling of a bird of prey decloak, and he just waits and is like, oh, my God. Well, that's just damned Intriguing.
3: Hey, and that's hey, that's supposed to be Christie Alley, though, right? That same Chris- yeah, that's the same, same Alley character. character. Yeah. Robin like Curtis. I, Anybody know why she's not in the show movie? She just wanted more money, or was just like, "Fuck she this." She or...
2: was afraid of being typecast. I've heard. I've also heard she mm-hmm. wanted too much money. I've heard a million different reasons. Well,
1: I think Robin Curtis does a really good job. I like, I like Robin her. Curtis. I think she a has a lot of people See, don't like her. I
3: don't it. Think, I, no I think. she's way. No terrible. way.
1: I think she's a better Vulcan. I think than totally uh, not
3: hot like 2 on hot scale.
1: Oh, she's crazy. she's Oh, she's she's cute. Come on. But oh no. Her, um, her line oh, delivery
2: no. in this movie is pretty stiff, I got to be honest. She's nice, but I mean, it's supposed to be though. Uh, yeah, is a Vulcan. I know, but it's just she doesn't Sab- uh, She's not she's a Vulcan.
1: She's half Romulan, right? She's she half,
0: half Romulan. Romulan.
1: Yeah, so yeah. yeah. Is
0: is that canon now or is that it, just it's the canon. original? Yeah, that is. I uh, I uh I I seem to recall that uh that not being the case. I'm going to Hit wait a minute. Did, did she wait?
3: Oh, hold on. is she go on to be Kim Cattrall? No. 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 That was
2: originally that was the intention, though. Yeah. They was. were going to have Savick be the character in Star Trek VI, but then they decided not to do that. They brought in someone new. Okay.
1: They pussied out. Well, I like the fact that we brought back uh, Merritt Buttrick to the uh, to the movie because usually characters don't get carried over like that. But uh, who, who is that? Uh, it, David, Kirk's uh, David. Son,
3: David Marcus,
1: and it's sad because you know that's a guy act- from
3: Square Pegs, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's sad because you know he he passed away. You know, I think he had AIDS. What the
2: that's hell sad. is a whore wearing around her neck? What the fuck is that?
1: Well, it's she's future Wahili. clothes. She's Swahili yeah. That's future Yeah, clothes. I
2: think
0: uh, I I fully endorse horrible future fashion because <laughs> oh, we've done that.
1: worse than that in our own lifetime. Well, oh, I love the fashion in uh, Star Trek. I love seeing what they wear on their off hours.
2: Now, this is the first time we've seen Sarek since the original series. Am I correct?
5: That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah.
2: correct. Yeah.
5: And I'm pretty sure the only time we actually saw him in the original series was in Journey to Babel.
2: Yeah. That was his only appearance that yeah. I remember well, yeah.
1: as, as Sarek. Well, as, as right. Sarek. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he
2: was a Klingon in motion picture. Well, this
1: is And nice he's, thing, he's right.
4: the first Romulan, too.
2: Yes. Yes. Yep. You this is another really, really good scene here. I love the, the tension between the two and the realization that, you know, he's, it's one of Sarek's most emotional moments because he, you know, he doesn't understand what the hell's happened. There is, however, and I didn't, this didn't occur to me till many, many years later, a crucial gap of logic here that occurs near the end of the scene that when Kirk left, they shot Spock's body out in the torpedo and they just assumed it burned up in the They had no idea it soft landed at all. They had no idea what happened to Spock's body. Hmm. They assumed it burned up in the atmosphere because it comes as a complete surprise to David and Savik that they find the thing in the first place. So no one knew. And yet, at the end of this, you must bring his body back to Vulcan. How does anyone here know that Spock's body is just lying on... Genesis waiting for anyone to go pick it up As far as they know, it's ashes in the atmosphere Well, he,
1: well, he doesn't, uh, well, Sarek doesn't know that his body is, is intact No, well. and,
2: and, and neither does Kirk
1: No, he just wants his Katra, that's all I mean, for now, I mean, uh, I mean you must
2: br- No, he says you must bring them back bath- back both to Vulcan So, the, if that was the case uh, and, and they both knew that Spock's body was gone then wouldn't Kirk just take McCoy to Vulcan?
1: I, well, they, That's really all, all he needs to do Well, that's all they try to do I mean
2: Well no, but they go to Gen why would they go to Genesis? Yeah. They would have absolutely no need to go to Genesis because they don't know Spock's body's even there. It comes right. as a complete surprise to them. So that everyone is suddenly all on board this idea of going to Genesis to go get Spock's body, and no one has ever discussed with anybody, wait, did we know his body's there? Why are we going there again? I mean it's it's a big, big like what the fuck? Did anyone actually
0: say- though, when they come across the uh the metal cylinder they're not surprised they kind of go sort of immediately go oh it must be Spock's thing they're yeah, surprised but, but to find more, there's nobody in there I, I, what's, what's yeah.
3: more disturbing than that is how many gay uh, Vulcans are pulling this sh- type of shit in this scene right here all over Frisco <laughs> <laughs> like hey dude pull your pants down Well, yeah. I, uh, Wait, you like I that? thought
0: you had the mind knob <laughs> with my forehead
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah well before we I traveler mean, about you know the the refusion I don't think that's a plot hole but this scene right here um, the way it's, how intimate it is, with these close-ups, and how it yeah, reacts—the most fuck it. painful Vulcan. moment. Vulcan, you know, Vulcan, intimate II. and frisco. I think it works. I mean, and you see that tear glistening in, in Shatner's eye, and you know he's. No,
2: this scene is great. Almost nude. She his fucking th-
3: balls reflecting in his fucking eye there.
2: <laughs> and there's just just that little sigh from Mark lennard like, "Oh, it's not there. It's not. It's not there." I thought it. You know. And he's just like, uh, he's almost embarrassed that he got so worked up over it. But he's, its you no know, it's individually... I mean, again, these are great individual moments, the great character stuff. They get the character stuff in this movie dead on. That's the problem I have with this. It's so good with those, but the broad strokes of the movie are just a complete failure to me. And I just wish that they had really kind of looked at this from, well, okay, if it's about us getting Spock back do we have to save getting him back to the end of the picture? Can't we bring him back midway through and then have another problem erupt which threatens his life and everybody else's? The whole thing, just I don't know. Uh, I think okay. that would be Here, a, Hold, on. I have a question for
0: Michael. I, I don't. think that. I, I think moving that to the beginning wouldn't wouldn't really be an improvement. Well, there would be no half of the movie. Well, not to the begin, beginning. Not now. to the not to the beginning of the movie. I well, no, even I, even like halfway through. I mean, that's the point of this movie is the search for Spock, and you find him halfway through, and the rest of the movie is well, we just have to kill time because we can't be forty-five minutes. You know, well, no, as it he, is, that's part of the he, problem with the ending. Is it is it the stuff on Vulcan should have been a lot quicker, but then we get a movie that's 65 minutes long.
1: Uh, here we get uh, the video tape, the most detailed from flight recorder visual,
0: and uh, it's on videotape in mm-hmm. the 23rd yes. century. And he's wearing the yes. Davros glove. <laughs>
3: <laughs> the Michael um, Jackson glove. It's got the, the Davros glove.
4: The reason Kirk goes back without knowing whether or not his body is there is because. It's not dangerous, and he's doing it for his friend. Why wouldn't he? That's
1: the man he loves. That's what I would would go with, Damon. I mean, but he, again, yeah. what is he hoping to find? Right, I mean,
0: but it's like I'm going to go to find? a planet where he probably isn't there. They can't. Assu- yeah. I mean, yeah, they, they don't. Assu-
1: they never. They never say that he assumes his body is unretrievable. I mean, they shot his body out in traditional. Okay, hold, hold on, hold on. I have a, this is a, a
3: real question here. Real question yeah, here okay. with Star Trek Two, all this whole thing, the pinch, the remember, all that shit. Yeah. Uh, ha, do they have it in mind when they're writing it, or is this some badass writer? That, that was with... shot
2: after. That was done. That was changed. Nicholas oh, Meyer didn't shoot that. Yeah, oh, that was Nimoy no, and Bill.
3: Bennett. Oh, that's, that wasn't it? That was not in Star Trek Two.
2: No, not originally. Oh. Meier... Well,
3: it was in the movie. It wasn't yeah, in the script. No,
1: I mean, they, they, they put that in there as a way to, can it be ambiguous enough to where maybe we could use it to bring me back if necessary. Yeah,
2: My- Myers cut didn't have the remember part, and it didn't have the ending where you go on the planet and see the, the tube lying there. Mm-hmm. Oh. That, is,
5: so no, that, were- that was shot later by ILM. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, and the, uh, the whole But it was, I- it was all still in the movie, though. Yes. Oh, okay, okay, okay. The whole IL- ILM topic, though, all the people, the dipshits that are saying, hey, you know, the typical Star Trek versus Star Wars. Star Trek is Star Trek because of ILM. Oh sure. I, always, I hate hearing that. Oh, dude, Star Wars. Well, fuck. Yeah. What the fuck do you want?
0: Yeah, ILM
3: is so much bigger than Lucas. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They did. They did oh, the yeah. effects
0: for everything. Isn't there like a good twelve years where they they're the only ones who won any Oscars for special effects?
2: Well, they were the only ones out there. I mean, they were literally the only ones that could do this stuff. Do the,
0: this the other ones this quality? Po- the other ones started popping up. Because they couldn't do everything, and there were too many movies.
2: (laughs) Well, yeah, but you know that those didn't—that really didn't even start happening until the late, like, really late '80s, early '90s. Oh yeah, and and part of that was
4: people leaving ILM and making their own own studios.
2: Yeah, yeah. There's, there's the the sperm of ILM is in every effects house out there. I mean, it's it's you know, and then there's the uh, there's the tube just lying there, all casual like.
4: There's the tube that almost, I, I think all of us have touched that, right?
2: Yeah, that was, I have.
4: That was that Star Trek the experience. That's the tube w- that was in the was museum.
3: It, was it the actual one? Yeah, yeah, that was the actual one. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, every that's- time I saw that, I was like, "Oh!" Every time I saw that, it always made me think of Star Trek Three, Not Star Trek II, but Star Trek Three. Oh, I sure. didn't know that was a real one.
4: Yeah, they actually, the straps were on it at Star Trek The Experience because you could open it and people would actually get inside and lay down and pretend to be Spock.
3: <laughs> I'd be in there fucking some chick. Well,
1: well that was not a...
3: that room. <laughs> it was public, Alice. Well, that was our first. you close it, that you was know, our first, what are they going to uh, do? Now, the question, of the, uh, proto the question I
2: have is um, yep. how hot does it get in that thing if you're shot out of it? And second, if Spock suddenly, for some reason, is reverted back to a child state, how do you get out of there? I, I, I never, how strong was he as an infant to be able to crawl out of a fucking tube? And These why are the most insanely nitpicky points. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, no, you, these I think are you're questions I've had, a little bit. No, these are questions I've had because. Oh, yeah, but they're still there. nitpicky points. Oh, fuck
1: you. I mean, I mean, does it really matter? He got, he got out of the tube. Does it oh, really matter how he got out? I mean, come on.
2: And here's the conversation which basically dooms the whole picture for at least the people involved. Because this guy, the, the Vulcans are a founding member of the Federation. They're the one of the most revered species in the entire galaxy. And this guy says, I've never understood Vulcan mysticism. And he shuts the whole shit down based solely on the fact that he, he apparently considers Vulcans to be weird, spooky hippies that he doesn't want to deal with. I, so I've yeah, never that's, that's no, he a doesn't nice want...
0: stretch from I don't understand mysticism till they're they're weird spooky hippies. Well, I don't well, think it's well, a, pr- I don't think I mean, it's a stretch why would he at all. Say
4: that? No, he he's because he,
0: he, I, first of all I don't I the the Vulcans are the most revered in the Federation. Says who? He doesn't want Kirk to risk the Enterprise. It's like a
1: personal mission. That's what he that's and what he it, the wants. whole thing's
0: against regulations. And he doesn't so. understand Vulcan mysticism. A lot of people probably don't. He's a uh, Rick Rick the Santorum Vulcans are very. Starface. It's not like he the just, Vulcans advertise their beliefs. Even going back guy, to a no, time, this guy not know
2: This guy has nothing but a plot device in order to throw up obstacles, so they have to steal the ship and create an action.
1: Well, what's wrong with that? Like somebody has to stand in front of Kirk. Somebody has but, to prevent so you, him from going. But just going.
2: serious but
0: you think he would be the the Admiral Starfleet if he lets a captain take a ship that's been decommissioned into a quarantined area? that's, no, not how, that, that's like Colin Powell doing that. I mean, this guy is the—he's—he—he is going to follow orders. Now, I I don't don't like anything wrong. Kirk's reaction
2: is, "Nah, it's—it's bullshit. It's complete bullshit." And that's Kirk. That's what he
1: always does. Well, Kirk said that to uh, to He said, "You know, I'll—I swear it. You know, that's—that's—that's our—that's our our word right there." We know they
3: go into this thinking we're getting court-martialed.
1: Well, they know they are, and they don't care. They don't care. What
3: budget *Logan's Run* *Alien* was that in the elevator? I love this little video game This here. is
1: awesome. I know. The triples. Oh, like tribbles.
3: they don't
0: know.
1: Oh, of course. Uh, a lot of people compare this to the Moss Eisley Cantina. Like to bring uh, that this up. Is, this well, is light this years is. from Mos Eisley. <laughs> well, yeah, the, the, they like to bring it up. Mos the fact Eisley that, was cool. The fact that the uh, alien who comes up speaks kind of in backwards talk like Yona does.
2: Yeah, that's a weird. I mean, it's a whole, the whole. this whole scene is very bizarre.
1: Yeah, and the, well, the, secu-
2: the Federation security
0: guy is kind of strange at the end, too.
2: Yeah, oh, Ray Parker Jr.? Yeah, he's weird. He's, he's I don't... I, <laughs> Future
4: I can't clothing. I, can't I don't know what the deal no, with I her is. I can't wait for him
2: is, to sing Ghostbusters. No, no,
0: I've, like, my, I've, seen, <laughs> I've seen waitresses dressed like that before. Yeah. yeah. Really?
3: Frisco, <laughs> okay, That guy
0: always I, looks I like I do like that Jimmy. line. To your really? planet, welcome. <laughs>
3: yeah lab dance i
1: <laughs> thought this scene worked pretty well i think it's a good uh, and the movie needed a, a little comedic relief and i think it this provided it in spades i think well, it's, uh, not, it's not terrible
2: think, it's just an odd sequence it's well, it's get away from all, me no. you old
1: queen <laughs> i think DeForest <laughs> kelly is a funny guy and he was good at that dry wit and i think he sells it here and uh he would be trying to you know charter a ship and uh
2: i think the premise would be really good but, but yeah, yeah. So, this guy's just ah yoda i am not
4: what doesn't make any sense is why didn't they all just charter a ship? Just they know people <laughs> who have a ship and not steal the Enterprise. That's yeah. one of those like, well, uh, you're going to a quarantine area. Get a ship. You
0: think James T. Kirk is he's going gonna... to go anywhere in anything other than the fucking yeah, Enterprise? He's, yeah, he's not going to hail a cab. I, 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 let, me, let me rent the Millennium Falcon and go in here. I like, know, no, I, I know, mean, I know. No, wait, 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 wait. They just said he
3: says he has money. He just said he has money. I thought yeah, there was no, no money. money. Yeah.
0: There is no money, right? Yeah.
3: So what? You know, no, see, that the
0: Federation from? does not use money, but right. other worlds do.
3: The the Ferengi use money. So do yeah, the but where, where does he have it? Where they've been? Kirk's been pirating uh, all these years, and have... has a pirate chest.
0: I mean, McCoy does illegal
4: operations on the side. Well,
1: they probably. may not have money in the sense that we think of money, but he may have valuables that are worth, <laughs> you know. Monetary value. You
4: know, well, it's like not just that. The, the Federation will give you stipends if you ask for it. They provide completely.
1: Who are you going to
2: call?
4: So if you, <laughs> if you need... <laughs> <sorry>. if you
3: <laughs> i do <laughs> like I do like the neck pinch coming up.
4: Yeah.
3: Oh, no, it's the perfect captain the That's the scene of this movie, in my opinion.
4: What, what's weird is I've always thought that that guy was I the same as the admiral. So.
2: Yeah, it, looks, oh, the it looks the same. like a younger younger version of the same dude. Well, the but the,
4: the older guy they had, he they just gray up his temples fakely. So I for years <laughs> I thought this was the same black guy. And yes, I'm a black guy. <laughs>
3: so, I mean, it's you okay, can tell
4: <laughs> No, not at all. They had the same fro except for cactus one head no, on
3: the cactus planet. Snow cactus.
1: Well, you know, okay, I think this... Uh, a lot of people complained about the, the Genesis planet, the set obviously looking like a set, but it does, It never bothered me, to be honest. I always kind of like Star Trek sets. Um, I think. Well, this Mike,
2: brought yeah, up, I mean, Mike brought up an interesting point today originally, and it was supposed to be Hawaii where they shot all this.
0: Yeah, Parv Bennett really wanted it to be shot on location, but Paramount wouldn't let them. Uh, and no. then this set almost burned down. Yeah. And uh, Bennett, on, on the commentary... Uh, for the DVD, says that he was kind of hoping that it would, because then they could move the shoot to. Uh, well, it didn't uh, wasn't
1: wasn't Shatner the one who who uh, saved one the of day? One the people.
2: Yeah, yeah he was. was, he, was uh, he had to make T.J. Hooker like in two days, so. I love that line. How many fingers, fingers am I holding
1: up. up? Yeah, that's good. It's not very damn See, that,
2: this is a this is a great scene.
0: Yeah. Again, and, you know, this right. brings up another thing here. All throughout Star Trek, and and certainly classic Trek, they give people shots constantly. Oh yeah, this this show really strongly endorses prescription medicine,
3: (laughs) (laughs) which is the problem we have today.
1: Here we go. This is uh, Sulu with the most badass jacket I've ever seen.
3: Yeah, I was I just I I thought I said that earlier. Look at that. That Yeah, but these guys have the stupidest little baseball cap hats. Yeah,
2: this is not a very. Now this guy right here that Sulu gets in the fight with, he got a Vulcan neck pinch from Spock outside in Star Trek the Motion Picture.
3: I'm hoping where for some judo here. Oh yeah. Oh, that's that the same so. guy, isn't it?
2: Yeah. So this guy should not be in Starfleet anymore because he keeps getting the shit beat out of him no matter where the fuck he goes.
0: One and punch, er- bitches. One punch, and JTK
3: takes him down. I know. It,
1: unfortunately, this is so, like the only Sulu moment. Bizarre
3: modified Eponianagi. Kind of weird. Now really looks, a throw. It's the only moment. And he George gets Takei to didn't cool. like
2: this scene originally. George Takei was not fond of this scene originally.
3: Well, he looks cool doing it.
2: Oh okay. no, and he's. It wasn't until the audience loved it that he went, "Oh, I guess it does work." That's
0: badass. It. The Kobayashi Maru has set, set sail To
1: them. the promised land. Yeah, and again, a callback to themes from the to the uh, to the previous movie. You know, we had them dealing with age with the Excelsior, and then we have life and death again with the Kobayashi. Oh, and, Maru. and
0: they are about to go
1: into a no-win scenario. Yeah, oh, and they know it, and but it is, it, it's worth it, you know, to them. And so. here we
2: have the, the dumbass who we never see again. He apparently got the Excelsior 4 feet out of the space dock and then they fired his ass. What is Why this? does he have a baton? I don't know. I don't but, know. but what Why is this? a riding crop?
1: What this is this voice. character's name?
2: The voice in the elevator is mm-hmm. Leonard Nimoy. Oh, really? He's credited oh, wow. as Frank is he's credited as Frank Force, but that's a pseudonym. It was Leonard Nimoy's voice. transporter room. Thank you.
1: I thought Frank it was interesting
2: Force. that uh
0: that Scotty is promoted to captain of engineering. We hadn't heard that sort of uh rank before. Yeah.
2: yeah, and then here we have a uh, little douchebag. I wonder Mr. how Mr. Adventure. Mr.
3: Adventure. I wonder <laughs> how old uh, Nichelle Nichols is in this. Actually, is in the scene here, forty her mid forties, late forties,
4: uh,
2: I think.
3: Well, late she 40s. was
4: what? She was twenty-seven when the show started. Twenty-eight.
2: so that would have been twenty. Yeah, late forties. Yeah, I would have put her yeah, late, twenty years later.
3: Yeah, <sighs> she's, uh, I got her autograph uh, a couple years ago, and she still looked. I mean, fairly good for a. Uh, I mean, she didn't oh. look like an old lady, you know. Yeah. Well, she still looks pretty yeah, good, really, I mean. and really cool. She's super nice too. Unfortunately, so I,
0: I always wondered why did they ha- why did Ahura have to stay behind? I mean, yes, been, why do they leave Uhura? Plenty of instances where, like, I will set it and run up there,
2: right? And if anything, she's going to get in a lot of shit because yeah. you can't keep that guy locked up in the cabinet forever. What does she do? Blow him to make him quiet? I don't know. Or. It, it, well, it, she, well, she meets up with
0: them
1: um, yeah, on Vulcan. On Vulcan. Yeah, she says, so "I'll she see you must with the...
0: leave immediately
2: after this. Well, then yeah. how does she get to Vulcan? Well, she, she was able up. to get a fucking ship and go to somewhere. Well,
4: it makes it's not that it hard worse. to get a ship to go to Vulcan. No. Yeah. Wait, What's... this is James T. Kirk that just walked into your transporter room. All you have to say is, "Hey, guy." Do this. Press this button for us, but so fuck we can off, go
3: or fuck off. Yeah, right. I mean, oh right. yeah, Kirk's the biggest superstar of all he time. Well, yeah, a at, huge this po- at this
4: point, Kirk is
0: not like a wanted criminal. He just left the uh the admiral, and the admiral said no, and he said, "All right." I well, mean, they broke did. out. They broke out yeah. Sulu, but how much of that news has traveled
2: around? Yeah, you well, know, obviously it uh, hasn't traveled very far. At all. Yeah, but
3: it, it, not only that, Damon. It's Kirk with the entire original bridge bridge cruise. Right. Like if they're all together, it, autographs. It, it's ticker tape parade time type of thing.
4: Right, you know? they are heroes of and
2: the why Federation. Why is Chekhov dressed like like that? I don't know. I've never. I mean, all the
0: other ones, I kind of like. I could see f- fashion evolving into that in the future. He looks, like P- a gay ro- he looks
2: well, like a gay Robin Hood. He
1: is a Rusky, but uh, I think that <laughs> I think uh, Huhua staying behind. I always kind of thought of, well, she says I'll meet you at the rendezvous. I always thought that she yeah. is going to Vulcan to let them know that they're coming. They're getting Spock, and they're coming. Well, so they could just send a message, message to really.
0: Vulcan. Well, then yeah. again, they, they don't know. I, mean, and actually, I know. Isn't I know. Spock's father? He's still got to be on Earth at this point.
1: Yeah, I always thought of it, it was a more of a covert operation, so they didn't want to do anything too out in the open. So they no, let it's because
2: she's
4: poor.
1: Yeah, or there were just
3: too many black people in the movie.
2: Michelle Nichols asked for too much money and said, "You got two seats, <laughs> bitch."
3: You're- yeah, I wonder. I wonder if the like the original like the the side guys like not Spock, not Kirk, and all that stuff when it came up to negotiating for for, uh, you know, their fees, if it was like, come on, dude, you're Sulu. You want to be in the movie? You're going to do it for this or shut, or get the fuck out, you know?
0: Well, that eventually (laughs) becomes kind of problematic for them because a lot of the, I mean, if they do bow out, the fans will be upset. But they also know that they don't have any other options, so.
3: Yeah, I always wondered if that's what happened in Generations, you know, where there was only Scotty, only Kirk. Uh, Nimoy was, Nimoy
4: was in Generations, right? No, but, uh, uh, What's-his-name is in there. Um, Chekhov.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Nemo Actually, it was written for M- Spock and McCoy, but both uh, both Nimoy and, and Kelly turned it down because they figured they said their final piece at the end of Star Trek VI.
1: Yeah, they right, that was the wise choice. Oh, but okay. uh, this is, uh, I think, the... To me, this is the most... Uh, I don't know, the best sequence, I think, in every Star Trek film, the escape from the Starbase, you know, stealing the Enterprise. The,
0: the, the <laughs> I love the janitor guy looks up and it's like... The
2: Enterprise huh? is backing up. See, but, it's, just, it's, it's just going so slow, though. That was the one thing. It's like, this is the slowest escape sequence well, they can't in the history of cinema. They
1: can't move that fast <laughs> actually, inside con-
2: Starbase.
0: considering how how big the they're traveling, they're actually traveling extraordinarily yeah, fast. Yeah, I know.
2: They're going very fast, blah, blah, blah. Well, well Here's the do and there's Miguel Ferrer as one of the uh mm-hmm. helmsmen there.
0: And yeah, Transwarp, that
1: didn't really work out so well. I didn't know. But no, this bridge th- this bridge design didn't really work out either. Michael, no, who, like a, who is Miguel, like Ferrer? Who was Miguel Ferrer, who was I is love one that of the it's huge. In the front.
2: You'll see another close up of him here coming up in a second. Yeah, yeah,
3: what else has he been in though? Oh, he
2: oh, went on RoboCop sh- and uh Hope Levi- or uh, Deep oh, Star Six and a whole yeah,
1: bunch yeah, of other oh, uh, okay, stuff. I was
0: never a fan of that Excelsior design. I always thought it looked uh it looked like
1: a bug. I oh, I think it looks good, totally cool. Yeah.
3: I think it totally looks cool. I, uh,
1: we hadn't talked about it, but this, I, th- I think this, to me, this is the best score. Uh, this is James Horner, and this it's, piece it's of music a great here score. is... Uh, so moving the fact that he all they 're trying to over get... over, oh yeah,
2: is, you know his, his his themes and everything from two it 's a good fit i mean it was yeah.
1: uh, i mean just the it it just helps the drama so much, the fact that all they need to do is get it through these doors these are nice yeah. effects here too oh yeah they're they're beautiful, oh, yeah. and the music is what sells it, of course you know the, the looks on their faces uh, you know but uh in that you know that great moment, you know okay, and now Mr. Scott, you know open the doors. <laughs> um, I, I mean, they actually—I
2: never realized they actually kind of spoofed this a little bit in Galaxy Quest. Yes, they did. When they were going out, and they accidentally scrape against the side of it on the way out, which is sort of what should have well, happened. I
0: love here. this. Pulls out, starts to turn, and here comes the here, big I'm ship.
2: Just, here comes the, the big Tonka toy ship. Yeah, the bridge on that thing looks terrible, and it, was, it i imagine Sulu got command of it. Went oh, and oh, this is, will not do. We're redesigning this bitch. <laughs>
1: Well, nothing, yeah, the outside looks really cool. Nothing though. can beat the Enterprise. I mean, she's she's the grand old lady. You know, she's she's the best ship. She always will be. You can't. You think
2: Enterprise they made her. that chick bald in the background just so they? Hey, remember Ailea? Yeah, she's dead. You <laughs> know,
1: um, I recall hearing somewhere
0: that there was a story uh, where Sulu was actually supposed to be the captain of the Excelsior originally.
2: Right. Well, he was going to get get it. Yeah.
0: But because of the controversy around Genesis, they didn't want to put a controversial person in that seat. But in this, it certainly seems like that guy's been the captain of that ship for a while. So I don't know if that's another thing that they had thought about at one time and then uh, and then just dropped for simplicity's sake? Or, or well, because Sulu
2: was, was supposed to become captain in Star Trek 2. There was a scene in Star Trek 2 yeah. where he was promoted to captain, so that was what was going to lead into him being the Excelsior captain here, but... Uh, obviously, they felt that they wanted to keep the original crew together, which was a good idea.
4: You know what's weird? That, that's two actors that have played Martian Manhunter in this movie. Oh, he Miguel plays, Ferrer? Yeah, he plays Martian Manhunter in the, the, the shitty uh, pilot that never made air. What nice pilot. No, that
0: was uh, David, uh, David
4: ogden Styres Oh, is it? So, okay. Uh, he looks the same.
2: And I, li- I like the sound effects. It literally sounds like an old Chevy running out of gas
1: what is that captain's name the character you guys know offhand i Styles. don't know no idea. i cannot oh, yeah, yeah 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 even Style. though
0: it's in space is it just sort of
2: just mm. <laughs> yeah it's like it just drips how do you get and then they, they uh, apparently canned his ass right after that and
0: scotty did that by pulling out four batteries <laughs>
2: yeah <laughs> okay that's a bit much but all right whatever
4: See, you know, you can uh, you can actually forgive everybody that did this stuff except for Scotty. Scotty sabotaged the Starfleet vessel, uh, leaving Earth and the surrounding area unprotected. Un- unprotected. He he actually is a fucking terrorist.
0: <laughs> like <laughs> it was uh, because it was not in service vessel. It was still an NX.
4: It, it doesn't it matter. Count. It doesn't matter. That that that's a serious offense that he did. Like and stealing a battle cruiser is not. Stealing a battle cruiser is just is horrible. But he did two things. He stole a battle cruiser and he sabotaged a a Starfleet vessel. He should have been kicked out of Starfleet. Well, they were all kicked out
0: of Starfleet. No, they weren't. Or they would have been if they hadn't saved the Earth from the whale creatures. Oh, that's right. They go off and save the Earth from whales. That's right. Remember that. that was kirk's punishment everybody else got absolved and kirk took the
4: full punishment and the punishment was becoming being demoted to captain yep and this is what the second spock third spock in this movie because we hear baby spock for half a second at the beginning
2: and what was the second
1: spock spock the first spock is spock Well, there's gonna be there's gonna be a flashback
2: spot, right? There's gonna be a teenage uh,
1: (laughs) (laughs) there's gonna be a teenage Spock, and then then we're gonna transition to the adult Spock after that, right?
2: There's an adult Spock, Spock. and most of the and the problem is for me anyway, and I I, I just remember this, especially we come towards the later part of the movie, Spock just lies around, he's pretty much just unconscious for the last half of the picture, and it's like, oh, well that's exciting. I mean, there's nothing to do. He's just a a Hulk, you know. What is wrong with Spock? Uh, He
4: has no Katra. He has no soul. If you, you know
2: have what, no Katra, you just lay around. Yeah, you know well, what I, this kid's doing okay.
4: I kind I mean, of w- wish um, they would talk about Spock, at, because what did Genesis Keiko? actually do to him? Because he got reconstituted after he died. He got yeah, resurrected. I mean,
2: he got pulled, you know, re, he's basically... This is a clone infant. of his body. Essentially, it, mm-hmm. is it a clone? Well, no,
0: that's no, no. What, no. I that's mean, what Nimoy said no, on the commentary.
1: Well, I no, I mean, okay. the, the Genesis effect regenerated his body. It didn't clone him.
0: But it's well, why well, would if it regenerate? It a... wouldn't be smaller. No, I mean, yeah, it
1: just be the Genesis. Of, the the Genesis effect was to create life from the beginning. So he was, re- you know, he was brought back to baby form, and then he grew up because of the accelerated rate, because of the proto matter.
0: But what did it? What did Matrix. it? reconstant. I mean it took a it took a sample of his genetic material no, and I,
1: created a new body No from I, it. no I mean no no I never thought that I just thought it de-aged his body his dead body I don't
2: I think we're giving this a lot more thought than the people who wrote this movie ever did Oh well Leonard Nimoy said it was basically <laughs> cloning his body
1: Well but, but, I, okay I mean so, I, I believe you are, that's what he said but And I here we go the, like the
2: Oh my god let's stare at this computer screen for a little while longer don't we Hey, we could be getting the fuck out of here right about now or putting the shields up, but no, but I'm
4: not going to do that. He doesn't know what it is. This is the first appearance of a Klingon bird of prey.
2: Okay, well, so, even if he didn't know what it was, wouldn't he He should have put up the shields. Yeah, should've he should have put that. the fucking shields up. And <laughs> the gristle dies like a bitch.
4: Look at those
0: El Camino Klingons. I'll remind you <laughs> that in Star Trek II, the whole thing happens because the greatest captain in the universe... Didn't raise his shields when the Reliant was heading towards him,
2: even That's though it point. was a Federation ship and they hadn't made any threatening gestures.
0: And regulations say that.
2: Any, I know what regulation, any ship don't regulations. Don't quote regulations to me.
0: They lied about the reactor overload. It was clearly, even Savick, a
2: cadet, knew better.
1: Yeah, Kirk admitted that. Yeah,
2: you got dis- to yeah. diss Kirk too. Yeah, well, okay. So, but but then a, a captain. In a hotly, the most hotly contested planet in the entire universe, suddenly sees a ship
0: captain on a non-combat vessel,
2: decloaking behind him in a threatening gesture, heading in straight for him. His first instinct is to go.
1: Uh, I don't he's, know. He's not a very good captain. I mean, that, that's the end and of the story. And <laughs> that, you know that's what? It. And
2: as a result, he and his whole crew are fucking dead.
1: Well, that's it. I mean, that's exactly. it. He's just not a good captain. I mean, there's good captains and there's not good captains. Well, he's a fine captain. The guy he's who, just who, who, the captain of a who, uh, science the captain vessel. Of the yeah. B? Yeah. He's the enterprise I mean, he's not. Oh, yeah. C- c- captain Harriman. I mean, he's oh, not. He's not. Yeah, he's not, uh, he's not, uh, yeah, he's not uh, a battle hardened captain. You know. Yeah, like Justin just said, he's, he's a s- captain of a he's science vessel. You know, he's.
2: All right, we're going to stand by for Evasive, Jenny. I mean, come on. Me <laughs> no,
4: me. he's not a moron. He's Dr. Crusher. When Dr. Crusher had, was captain of, what was the name of her ship? The, uh, uh, Essex. Was
1: no, the Essex? no, no. No, it was the um, uh, Pasteur. 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 Yeah, yeah, the
4: Pasteur
3: is uh, w- just a just fucking doctor. Yeah, that's doctor. an on-the-nose name for a medical vessel.
1: Very on-the-nose. That's well, fitting, though.
3: Savick is just not hot here. They well, did lose all of the sexiness, and by
0: the way, officially she is not half Romulan.
3: Oh, okay. Oh, it's official. That,
1: uh,
0: yeah, it's I, not as canon. far as canon, oh, it's okay. never been in canon. That well, all I, that
1: other stuff. I, I really like Robin Curtis, and I wish she would have gotten more screen time in Star Trek Four And that, I remember hearing there was a subplot they were fooling around with, and it got taken out—that she was actually staying on Vulcan because she was carrying Spock's child.
0: Yeah, she got knocked
3: up.
1: And I thought, wow, that they, they could have really taken that story and, and spun it out a little bit more. And that, that's really interesting.
3: Still can. I think the subplot was she was on the short bus and they needed to give some <laughs> equal opportunity to less intelligent Vulcans to let them have their chance at being real science officers. Oh, come on. Okay. okay, Michael, you're directing her. Imagine you're directing her and she's doing this performance. What's going through your mind? You're like... Uh eh, well, you know, this is probably about all we're going to get out of her, or...
2: Well, at like, that point, because the problem is, I mean, if the character is not supposed to be particularly emotional. She's supposed to be very by the book. At the same time, Kirstie Alley was able to bring something else to the role. Maybe it's something just intrinsic in the actress or the actor who plays a role like that. Uh, I just don't think Robin Curtis had anything else going on. I think she pretty much just read the lines, did them, and that was all there was to it. I'm not... it's it's just for me comparing the two savics it's not even close uh yeah
0: exactly a lot more like the uh most of the vulcans that pop up on like next generation and deep space nine i mean really it was spock savik uh tuvok and even even Sarek is sometimes at least on journey to babel a little a little stiff too but you know you, you you could see a clear line for me at least from robin curtis to uh was the chick on enterprise to Paul? Yeah, yeah. to pal. <laughs> In terms of being just kind of like bland and stiff. And a lot yeah. of them. I think yeah, that was one of the weaknesses of the of uh, the way okay. the race came off.
3: Another directing question. Okay, so Michael, you're sitting there and they have that spark and they have that magic. Do you see it right then? Oh, or are
2: you with that? You would absolutely see it, if not right there in the performance on set, you would see it in the dailies, you would see it in a number of places. You just get a sense, and it's not something tangible. It's not something you can say, oh, yeah. that's exactly, it's, it's, it's something that just happens as a result of the right actress in the right part combined with the right circumstances. I don't think Robin Curtis is a particularly great actress, but I think she's settled here with a role that requires her to simply really plot out plot points more than really do anything else.
0: Yeah, Shabby like, yeah. and Star Trek II had a nice role.
2: You know, she's here to pretty much give information that we can't discern for ourselves. Like, in this scene here is a perfect example. She says, oh, well, you know, just in case you don't really understand what's going on, Spock's aging with the planet, and the planet's Spock, and Spock's the planet, and blah, blah, blah. And What are you going to yeah. do? You know, She's
0: exposition expo- last in this one. Yeah. I wonder if that that's... has anything to do with Kirstie Alley's decision not to do it. I mean, if you read this part and you were her, it's like, I went from being, like, the up-and-coming hot... Starfleet officer to the one who explains all your scientific
2: bullshit. I seem to recall yeah, they yeah. turned it down before this movie even really got very far. It was like they, they, she was out of the picture long before then, because like during that two years or something, she'd gone some other gigs and was off doing other stuff. But I don't know, I do maybe like, she read it. Like and went, the,
0: the pond far callback.
2: It's a nice callback, yeah. Yeah.
0: Kirk,
3: uh, he's going to be getting a little horny.
1: Was it established in a mock time that it was every seven years, or
3: was that just in this movie? Yeah, it was in in a mock time. they totally did, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but like in Next Gen, with Data, they didn't have Data there. Like, this guy's going to be the greatest character of of Next Gen. I mean, Spiner totally transcended that role and made it his own. So it's not necessarily the right—or my question is, is it not— just the writing it's the actor that actually rises up and oh wow oh i think it's the actor yeah yeah that's what i'm saying the breakout character type of thing just like happy days arthur franz really wasn't necessarily the breakout guy but just the actor just hit on all fours yeah and the the same people
0: who wrote captain picard and data wrote troy and crusher (laughs) and it's like i don't think it's because they wrote the characters worse i think the characters were maybe poorly not as well conceived but I think if you if you look a lot of the actors like you you look at the characters in the first couple of episodes and and they're very different characters and they're behaving very differently I think it takes the writers a while to learn the nuances that the the actors are bringing to it and to start writing to those those performances and letting it grow organically and that's he, what i think really works in, in in these shows
3: yeah but okay say say kim cattrall was in this role right here she would have that spark and start transcending this much just kind of
1: this kind of like uh you know i don't let's come. I, I, I don't know i mean i think i think you guys are maybe giving robin curtis a, a, too much flack i mean yeah she's miss exposition but i think she's a, a quality actress i mean look at her in um in gambits and tng she she can act and she can play with emotion she was a romulan you know
4: In all honesty, they shouldn't have made it Savic. They should have just made it another generic Vulcan, because what what you run into with a, a problem with her is she was an up and coming officer. She was serving on the fucking Enterprise, and then she was up against one of the you know a big ass villain, and she comes out on top. And then she's stationed on a fucking science vessel. Like what the fuck happened to Sarek? Because the character is completely different than the character in Star Trek Two. Yeah, and, that's you know, that, a good point. And that's the problem with Savik is you're comparing her to a character that isn't the character that she originally
3: was. If I was yeah. if I was Spock right there, she would be ass raped right now. Mm-hmm.
1: Ass raped. He's about to finger bang her. Look. Well, this is a this finger is bang. this is another yeah, he's one.
3: He's going to jump under an ass. Raper. This is he what, should be. This
1: is another one of those scenes that sets up something in the Star Trek mythos. You know, this kind of Vulcan foreplay. You know, the the two fingers he, caressing each so other. So the sad
3: he, thing about this scene is he should go right bans- to the rape choke. Well,
1: I think this is a. I, I mean, I, I it's like a the, good scene. There's a lot of quiet moments. Someone said that when we started, but there's a lot yeah. of good quiet quality moments, and where it's all on the music and the uh, expressions of the actors' faces, and uh, especially well, this sad? scene.
2: I just don't Jeez. think it leads anywhere. I just it's 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 in and of itself. It's a good scene, but there's really no no payoff for it. And then Spock eventually just ends up being a lifeless Hulk on the ground. <laughs> I just, you know, That's I because mean, Savage I just,
3: fucked his brains out, boy. (laughs) Yeah, well, what's that? Okay, he's he's doing the con far. Does she, uh, you know, here's the the El Camino driving Klingons.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
3: (laughs) Dude, we got to score some El Ephedra. And that's
2: a John Larroquette. Yeah, John Larroquette. It is? Which one?
3: The The one on the right. Yeah, Barely
1: recognizable, John Larroquette. It was? I do
2: not deserve to
1: live. It's Maltz. Maltz.
3: Oh, no way. I never knew that.
2: Oh yeah, well, that's Mister. Larry. What I thought was interesting to come out the movie.
0: about the uh, the kind of Klingon portrayal here, and again, just showing how how quickly they sort of defined it. You've got uh, Krug, which is you know kind of honorable and still crazy. I mean, he's crazy Klingon. The planet's blowing up, exhilarating. But then you get to Malt, and Malt is actually pretty pretty straightforward and pretty clever. And he's the one that's like you know a little bit more reasonable and the other guy is kind of weasely and they really do capture so much of the characteristics that that really became the the klingon culture in this movie they, they really did you're right i think it does and not really get that credit it doesn't, no, it, doesn't. it doesn't i mean it doesn't
1: get for we it. haven't even mentioned the fact that this is an odd numbered film and you know this unfortunately gets lumped with that curse because it's part three but this is i think a quality picture and uh i i rate it probably uh, on a scale of one to ten I'd probably give it an eight or a nine
0: and i mean but i i think at this point like the things do to to no me way. things start to go bad you know now that everything's collided on genesis and the, uh, genesis and then it's like well what do we do well we fight the klingons i still don't really understand why they blew up the enterprise
2: well, because it was a way to distract you from the fact that there really wasn't much going on at that particular. point.
0: Yeah, it's like that. That's where this. This is where the things start to happen a little bit. You know, convenient that the planet's blowing up just now. Well,
1: he needed to, uh, you know, he needed to trick Krug. You know, his his ship was at his mercy. He had to. Oh, his. I mean,
0: I I understand. Yeah, but from you think
2: of you think of all the other times that Kirk went out from of a his
0: creative w- standpoint. Why?
2: You think you of all do the do times that, that Kirk went out of his way to save the ship at the risk of fucking practically everybody. But then it's like, well, we need to get down to the planet. Why don't we blow up the ship? Yeah, sure, okay. I was like, and hey, even like the,
0: the whole well, okay, we've installed an automation system. Well, that's because... Well, that the automation
1: was, system is fried, remember?
2: Right, and
0: and that's that's yeah. the plot device so the ship can be fried so that then they can evacuate the ship and blow it up. Well, and again, this is a...
1: That's a good look. Let's
0: blow up the Enterprise more than a what is the logical extension of events here
4: it is let's blow up the enterprise but it's him sacrificing the enterprise for For spock
1: yeah i mean that's
4: that's truly what it is it's the life and death theme again it's it's clumsy they didn't do a very good job of doing it but it it, he he gives up his ship for for the chance at
1: getting back spock well i i yeah i totally agree i don't think it was clumsy, i, I, though. I, I, I think understand was pulling from
0: those. that i just think from from a creative standpoint you don't think you've made that point already with him losing his son and his career we have to throw ship on top of it i, I think, think that's
1: was, uh, oh i think that's awesome i mean they just keep pulling punches i mean they're not he's not having a good day he loses his well, son that's, he that's loses the, his shit.
0: i mean i, I don't I, I i mean this is just my opinion i don't think that that is the creative process that it led to. I think it was those other things don't have the weight of Spock dying, and we have to put something big in here. You
2: know, we have, and then this, we spent, we we have, have to kill time.
0: The Enterprise flying through the sky in the trailer, and people will go, what? The Enterprise is going to blow up? No, yeah. that can't be what happens. That's another ship. I mean, that to me was, was one of the things that sort of contrived in this movie. Maybe I could be. Maybe I'm wrong, but to me, I even I was like, "What? What's the point of that?" So they're just gonna. I mean, we know they're gonna have to just get another ship. Right. You know, at this point, it becomes the. You've already killed off like your your, mate. You're really to me the main character. I always liked Spock more than Kirk. You know, you're not gonna top that blowing up the ship. Well, hell, we just resurrected a dead Vulcan. You think they're not gonna get ship back? Mm-hmm.
3: You know,
1: I
0: mean, it, it, just, it seems it seems kind of for shock value more than plot value i well
1: i i think it's i think it is credible as shock value but i always thought it 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 added to the story not detracted but
2: well it just my problem and i I might point out i'm hit on some of these things really well because it's just a matter of once they get to genesis now it's a matter of okay we are here at genesis how do we get spock back to vulcan and how do we fill up a half an hour 45 minutes and how do we get some major events in there to kind of distract people from the fact that there's really not much forward thrust to this narrative and so they kind of pace these things out kirk's son dies then the enterprise blows up then the the planet blows up so it's just like i said it's just arbitrary and it's not strung together particularly well the second half of this movie really does fall apart in comparison to the first half
0: I was always a little disappointed by this space battle, too.
1: Well, I think it's the great space battle, as short as it is. Really? But it's I, just,
0: that, There see, is that's no my battle. Problem. Well, I love it. Uh, is it's it's just him, we shoot them, they shoot us, and then the fight's over.
1: Him screaming right there. I mean, it's awesome. But uh, I think this is the first mention of where, he, where uh, Kirk says, you know, um, uh, Bone says, may all your guesses be right, you know, when he says they have to declock before they can fire. Yeah. You know, I think that's is, is that what sets up that the fact that they Klingons cannot shoot while cloaked. I mean, is, is that where it comes from?
0: Well, this is the first time Klingons have ever been cloaked, so
1: that's true.
4: But the Romulans couldn't fire when cloaked either, so and, uh, right. It was an assumption that they were just making. They now, probably, it's a
0: safe assumption. Yeah, because they they had sort of established the, the Klingon-Romulan technology exchange when they use the wrong ships for the Romulans.
2: I, just, I do love the fact that the automation system's overloaded. I wasn't expecting to take us into combat, you know. It's like, well, you were expecting everything else. You were expecting to be able to pilot this entire ship with three or four was, fucking people. I was always <laughs> wondering, why did
0: they put an automation system on this ship? Who did? Scotty so did. Scotty did, yeah, so Scot- they could get there. So, yeah. so why? So how, no, but he yeah. does that at the beginning. He says at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. So they were taking the taking the ship back in for refit, and he's putting an automation system on there. But what do you need an automation system if you think you're just going to be refit and sent back out? Right. Because you need it to malfunction later in the movie.
4: No, no. <laughs> uh, here, here we go. Here we go. Let, let me go with this scenario. The order had come down for the Enterprise to be, uh, you know, sacked, and they didn't know it. But the, the order came down to put an automation system in because the Enterprise is a very famous ship, and it would go on display where people could go and go inside and look at it and do things like that. So it was going to become a museum ship, and that's why it needed to be automated. So why so does it, could, it need an automation system? So it could circle the Earth in orbit. See, look at me. Look at me go at 1 in the morning. <laughs> yeah,
2: well, so much, well so, much for the, so much for the museum idea. Yeah, because, you know, we,
0: we don't have things that can do that now. Yeah, Without yeah. an automation system,
2: <laughs> I and know, I thought again, the
0: whole point of the uh, the bridge thing in uh, the computer override from Star Trek 2 was so that ships can tow other ships. Yeah, it is. Right. So
2: the well, automation you, I, system you know,
0: exists just to malfunction.
2: Here, you can hear it. This is exactly how the automation system thing came into being. All right, so we're going to have them steal the Enterprise. Great. How are they going to get three hundred crew members to do that? They're not. We're just going to take the four key members, the cast members, right? How are they going to do that? Um, automated system, maybe. Okay, sounds
3: good. The <laughs> thing is, couldn't
0: you have already? At least my impression was always the ship's computer can kind of do the whole thing. So if you have an operating ship's computer, and you're not expecting to go into battle, you just like, hey, we need to. We are here. We need to go there. And then we need to beam down, and then we need to come back. So it seems like the ship's computer has always been able to handle something that simple. Yeah. Again, why does the
3: automation system even there? Hey, here's you know, what's fuck, here's what's fucked up though. They're getting ready to kill like one of the people in the yeah. party there, and they're like, they kill a son, and everybody's like, "Whoo, oh god, thank god it wasn't Spock." <laughs> You're, everybody's well, we should, we everybody's happy really... that Kirk's kid's dead. It's even well, more we, than that. We
4: get... It's thank God it's not Spock or Savick, because Savick is actually a character that people do like. And nobody, there's no connection to David Marcus, there's absolutely none. You were told the the connection is he's
0: an asshole in the the second movie, and he's an idiot in this movie. You're told that he's He's paying for
2: for the sins of screwing up the Genesis plan. But I do think we should pay some due respect to this scene that's coming up here. Um, my favorite scene in the picture probably and you could probably argue it but i think it's probably william shatner's finest moment as james kirk in the entire series <laughs> or at, least, at least one of them it is a, a, a remarkably mm-hmm. wonderful emotive moment from the captain that we don't really get to see very often and it was uh part of it was accidental he wasn't really supposed to trip but they worked it into the to the rehearsals and they ended up doing it after all but it is it's a great moment and it's it's you know, Shatner gets a lot of shit for his acting in these pictures and other pictures, but I he he fucking nails it here. He absolutely nails his scene.
1: Well, I, and yeah. I think the the visual death of David is is very successful in the fact that they didn't give him a, you know, a very a hero's no, yeah, he dies no, he badly. just dies badly. I mean, the, he he acted you know almost instinctively to protect Savage, but he still, goes. he just got. Murdered
3: very br- brutally. Oh, really. oh, so that right there was an accident. Mm-hmm.
2: Part, that's... yeah, in the rehearsals he kind of stumbled a little bit, and then they worked that into the final bit. Oh wow! They, he liked the. Shatner and Nimoy both liked the fact that Kirk really, for the first time, loses his footing. He and... literally cannot. Well, oh, he man, cares
3: geez. he cares a lot more than the fucking audience. I'll I mean, tell you well, and the crew. I mean, look at all of them. Look yeah, at him like that. Like They've never them.
1: seen him broken like that. No. Even even Bones is surprised.
3: Although for me
0: it was kind of like he's really broken up about a son he didn't know 2 weeks well, ago. He's
1: known for 2 months though. Yeah, he did. Yeah. And well, he, he
0: existed is different from known true, by a long but, shot. Existed here, and never bothered to visit for how long?
2: Well, you know, it was... But he was asked to stay away. Karl Marcus didn't want him around. And that was established in the same... For exactly
3: night. this reason. And there's <laughs> never
0: any indication that he wanted to be around.
3: No, yeah, but well, if they would have killed... If they would have killed Spock, Kirk would have went to, to fucking Kronos and, and destroyed Vulcan... Or destroyed the Klingon homeworld. No, he would have just got It would have been pissed? interesting
2: if they had done that? It would have so funny if they killed Spock at this point in the movie, and you'd be like, um... Well, at wow. this
3: point they
1: don't even know Spock's body's been regenerated. They don't know that yet.
2: Yeah, they do. No, they they do. Yeah, she
0: says
1: that a certain she, Vulcan of your acquaintance. I thought which she Which comes remembers. as a complete Did she already cycle. say that? No. Well, I yeah, mean, she, she already said okay, that. Okay, she did. Okay. Sure. Well, I mean, see the, but they didn't come there with that knowledge initially. They just went there no. to get his body. Yeah.
3: Yeah, and Michael in the two thousand nine Star Trek where they where they blew up Vulcan, it was kinda like, uh, are they gonna bring it back? You know, at the yeah. other you know Yeah, in the they lab, don't. The last five minutes, I'm like, okay, when are they going to do the time thing? And Vulcan comes back. Uh... No,
2: it doesn't happen. Vulcan's fucking gone, man. It's out.
0: And that's, you know, that is one of the things that made that, that powerful is that is the, okay, the, the old rules are not necessarily going to apply.
2: Yeah, you know, all bets are off, you know.
4: You know, I know we're not talking about that movie, but you know what my favorite part about Vulcan blowing up was? Was the fact that they showed it in the trailers and everybody was like, oh, that's Romulan. That's Romulus, right? I That's just Romulus. thought it was a.
2: Pl- I just thought it was a planet. I didn't even think it was. Vulcan. They they showed it to you over and, and over you, again, and you didn't buy it. You know, you didn't know <laughs> nope. what
4: it was. Didn't know what it was, and then and then they're on Vulcan, like, oh, it's gonna blow up. It's not gonna blow up. It's Vulcan. You can't do that.
0: I I like how uh you know basically there there is still this sort of Klingon nobility and honor. Like when he's like, I have two minutes to you
1: when and your gallant crew. Yeah, I love that line. Well, here and, we it's a the, call,
2: and it's a little bit of a callback yeah. to Khan in Star Trek Two.
1: We get Kapla, you know, he says yeah. Kapla, And we get, here's the callback to Let This Be your Last Battlefield. Yeah. Which is a really cool reference. Oh, it's awesome. And I got really excited when I went back and watched it because I had forgotten that it was in the original series at all. So when I saw them using this code sequence in an episode...
3: Wait, like, okay, so what, what is fun. it? I don't know what that is, so... It's an, the it,
2: one, you know, the destruct the, the, the sequence two. Well, code 1, 1A, 2B. That's mm-hmm. all from Let There Be Your Last Battlefield.
3: Oh, okay, okay, okay. Mm-hmm.
2: They established that it has to be the science officer, the chief engineer, and the captain doing it all in a row. And it's, it's, you know, it's, again, it's very well done, all this stuff, but I, I'm, like Mike, I question the decision to blow up the Enterprise at this point. Well I,
1: well, I think that Kirk knows that's his only card he has left to play.
2: Well, he comes to that conclusion awfully quick. That was the thing, it's like, all right.
1: Well. well, I think it's because we're seeing Kirk emotionally affected in a way we've never seen before. I mean, never has he been struck
3: so personally.
1: Well, and the fact that his son, did, the fact that his, well, yeah, but his son was
3: just murdered. Yeah, well, you know, I don't believe and, Kirk blowing up the Enterprise as much as I believe Car- Picard. When Picard, like, calls Abandoned Ship in the Next Gen, it's like, oh, shit. Yeah. Like, this is real shit. Like, here it's kind of like, okay, well, there's going to be it's some kind of trick. Yeah, he's oh, going to come course. back. It's not really going to happen. You know, when Picard calls, it's like, oh, fuck. Oh, yeah. this is this is really screwed up, you know, type of thing.
0: I mean, Kirk does even question it himself when he looks up and says, "What have I done?" Yeah. But uh, I just, you know, you, you know, when you say Kirk, th- that's the only card he's got. Well, that's that's because the writers chose to write it that way at this point. Every single time his back is up against the wall, he finds something, and this right. time they opt they opt not to whereas normally oh well sir i can do this and this and this and then they beat the thing but i th- i think it was just a deliberate let's up the stakes uh which in and, and you know maybe that the, maybe there's nothing wrong with that maybe that's that's one of the things that sort of takes this movie up a notch is is there is some some big loss not for kirk but for us the audience
3: dude yeah, all these all show. these klingons all these klingons drive 78 camaros <laughs>
0: And I did think this was a cool stupid. sequence
3: when uh when he's like
2: get out of there. there.
3: <laughs>
2: it takes him a little while to figure out what the fuck's going on. He's like, uh, he's like that's the only thing speaking. Uh, oh well, goodness. that's the
3: other thing too that Picard does. He does silent countdown. Remember? Well, I, does, yeah, I, yeah Remember? I always thought of it. Uh,
1: you know, they're not actually speaking English. They're speaking Klingon, so he doesn't understand what's going on, but. Krug, being a commander, being more intelligent, knows that it's a countdown. Even though uh, If I saw numbers.
2: a series of numbers counting down well, on Well, he may not screen, read them as numbers. You I wouldn't mean, know their numbers. Yeah. Well, then he's deserved it's every fucking bit of his death. And so if you walks, get on a, a Japanese
0: craft that's uh, exploding and it's counting down, is it, is it your fault or the fact that, uh, that you don't understand the language?
2: And it's your you know, fault. This, this you was kind of weird see. here,
0: because the way that the, the ship blew up yeah. looks kind of different
3: than what's remaining. Oh, here. okay. Now that's burning up through the atmosphere, but the but the, the torpedo missile, doesn't. Yeah. The mm-hmm. torpedo doesn't. Well, the planet isn't. I believe so. the line was
0: the gravitational fields were in flux it yeah. could have soft landed.
2: See, when I heard her say that, I heard her say uh, contrivance, 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 <laughs> contrivance. Oh, yes, contrivance.
4: Uh, oh, how, contrivance in a Star Trek movie?
2: How unusual. I,
4: yeah, 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 yeah. You, you know what's strange, though, is when you self-destruct the ship, the ship blows up from the warp core. And uh, the this warp one, core. That's one, the whole
2: section blows up.
4: It's just the front. It doesn't make any sense. Now,
2: here's the, here's the problem I had. Look at this. They're all standing on a fucking cliff. And they're looking for life signs. They're on a cliff overlooking this entire valley. And Sula points way off in the distance down below to where the life signs are. You and don't see where from... he pointed. Yeah. He, just he just went was... that away. Yeah, but in any case, they're standing on the cliff edge. So wherever the fuck he's pointing on is way down below in the valley. Even if it's right down below in the valley, it's, it's not anywhere near where they are. Within a couple of minutes, they're on this scene. I'd like to know how the hell they got down there so quick. You, you forget like-
3: Genesis is actually a small planet. They have those rocket boots like in Star Trek V. Yeah,
2: yeah, they had. Rock-
3: Another spot, different guy.
2: Yeah, different. Kirk's an
3: expert rock climber, remember?
2: And here they are. They've traversed an entire cliff in five fucking seconds. And uh, <laughs> because
4: they're awesome, it's Captain James T fucking Kirk. He can do whatever he needs to <laughs> do.
3: Don't touch him. And of course he just flings
2: this guy like a piece of paper.
3: I love that.
4: Hits
0: Ouch.
2: And kills him. <laughs> and he hits the rock,
4: dude. Ow.
2: Ow. Ow. Somebody it's should find Gido out that act
4: where it. that actor is.
2: He's dead. Uh, they, he,
4: they shows, he shows up at conventions, doesn't he? Well, they the, all
2: this, do. The guy playing Spock?
4: The, the, the guy who was Spock before they real should get Spock.
2: all the Spocks from this movie in one convention.
4: That would be so awesome. <laughs> that would be. Including baby Spock voice. <laughs> I do.
2: I do like the way the Klingon flies back when he gets hit by the uh, the feet. This never. We never see it like this. Yeah. Uh, For one time, it's, just
0: a sh- it's a force blast with a little
4: yeah. anti gravity thrown in. You know, uh, Spock is the character that has had the most actors play him.
2: Yeah. He, oh, really? But
4: yeah, because you've got. I think there's another time where there's a young Spock at some point. There's, there's a baby Spock in.
2: Star Trek in, Five, uh, Star Trek Five,
4: right? You've got um, Zachary the Quinto, little,
2: the little you've, kid in, in, the, in the movie for the remake.
4: Uh, you, the little kid from the remake. You've got a uh, little kid oh. version of Spock in the animated series,
2: and then the sixteen of them that appear in this movie,
4: exactly.
2: <laughs> now here's again. This was, and I remember thinking this at the time when I saw it. I was eleven years old. There's a very dumb moment coming up here, which I again. Spock is now unconscious. He's just a life... from the rest of the movie, he doesn't do shit. He just lies around in a hulk on the ground. Krug is about to beam down right in front of them, pointing a gun at them. And what does he say when the minute he beams down? Over there, all but Kirk. Now, this crew is concerned. They've got their crew member back. He's lying unconscious on the ground. There's no way off of this planet. It's destroying themselves around him as they speak. What do they do? They drop his ass, walk away... And go stand over by the side, leaving Spock on the fucking ground. He didn't say, over there all but Kirk, and leave the comatose Vulcan on the ground. Just leave him right there.
3: <laughs> why, the,
0: why the
2: fuck would they leave Spock? And I swear to God, you could almost see it on, on Kirk's face. Like, <clears throat> pick up Spock. <clears throat> pick up Spock. Pick up Spock. It's, it's, I again Yeah,
0: because at least they could take uh, McCoy and Spock back to Vulcan if Kirk dies.
2: Yeah, because, I mean, there's no way off this planet at this point. So they got I mean, they should at least pick them up and try to get him off. Then crew could have said, no, leave him here just because fuck you. That's why. But they don't I even like Krook's
0: reaction, too. I mean, he's taking this, uh, his, the loss of his crew uh, pretty, pretty rough, too.
2: I don't think he's taking the loss of the crew, bad. I think he's taking the fact that Kirk got the better of him.
1: Yeah, True. it's a defeat. It's, I think it's a little bit of both. I mean you could s I mean I think you could see the general sense of urgency when he's screaming at them to get out. You know, he doesn't he may yeah. be a jerk, but he doesn't want to lose his crew, you know. Still. No, but at the
2: same time I was like, God, that guy with the toupee fucked me. God
1: damn it. <laughs> oh, son of a bitch. You know, I think this. Oh, uh, I think this set really works. You know, I know it's set, but I still think it looks good in cinematic. There's a couple moments
2: where rocks fly up and kind of come up out of the ground, where it's like you can almost hear the crank. There's a point
0: up. where uh, the where the, um, the the cliff face starts to fall off, and it falls off in a very kind of strange, very slow standard.
2: way. Yeah, over there, all but Kirk and. Oh yeah, I guess we should all go over there. Drop Spock,
1: Well, this is something we don't we didn't get in Trek 2. We get a mono a mono old fashioned fight. You know, we
3: Which get, we hadn't
2: had in a long time. And
3: we get the double kick, don't we?
2: Yeah, we get to all we get all the classic Kirk moves in this.
3: I'm hoping for some judo.
0: Well now see actually they were so they were they were not holding Spock. Spock was lying there, and when he said well, they walk were, over yeah. there, they went. And yeah, but, and Kirk does say take the Vulcan and he says no. Yeah, because, why not? because you want it.
4: Yeah, because his crew forgot to pick his ass up.
0: Yeah, mean, but he didn't like, say he didn't say pick up the Vulcan. He just said no. get over there. They weren't he holding said,
2: Spock. He said over there, all but Kirk, and it never occurs to any of the crew. You know, uh, we better take this opportunity to take the, our comatose friend with us because God no, only
0: knows. It occurs to them to do exactly what the man with the gun is saying.
2: But this is—I'm sorry—they're going to just leave him there? Hit-pick. Bullshit!
0: Bullshit! Hit-pick.
1: Nitpick. No, that
2: is not nitpick at all. It's a dumb fucking move that no one should have left in there like that.
1: No, I think you're just well, uh, you, as you noticed I, they, I they pulled away, but Kirk still stayed at his side. I mean, so they weren't abandoning him completely. Yeah, rape joke,
3: doing ground. the rape joke.
1: Yeah, we Kirk's were. Kirk's flat we, we out we getting rape choked. choked. But,
4: uh, <laughs> uh, no, no, <laughs> that's uh, with two it? hands yeah. to the side, yeah. two hands.
2: <laughs> what was Kirk expecting? Well, I mean, Krug beams down. And he's like, "Give me Genesis." Well, what was he expecting Kirk to do?
1: To give the I never.
2: Oh. I mean, was he expecting? He was like, here, here you go. I have Gen- uh, Genesis and convenient paperback for him for you. What the fuck do you want from me?
1: I mean, it's just I don't know. I mean, <laughs> he didn't think that he's carrying it in his pocket, so to speak. No. I mean, he did. Know. He knows he has access to it. He can get it for him.
2: Yeah, it's just. Uh, <laughs> well, first he wanted
1: the scientist.
0: Then he wanted to pull Genesis from the Enterprise memory banks. And now I think he's just batshit crazy.
1: Yeah, no, well yeah, now he's just pissed
0: off. He's but like, he yeah. was already
2: batshit crazy to begin with. I mean, he was obviously... Yeah, he was... So he, he's a rogue element from the Empire. The Empire has really no idea what the fuck he's up to.
4: Well, the, all Klingons in movies are. There isn't a single Klingon in any of the movies that is actually following orders from the Empire. If you, if and you are,
3: actually, Yeah, there it goes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that,
0: that
2: <Yeah>. Chancellor <laughs> in Star Trek. Yeah, that
3: was... Yeah, that was, <laughs> that, was <laughs> geek.
2: that looks like a fucking museum. <laughs>
3: uh, you know, bar. if... Uh, you know if you if you go that frame by frame, you can't see the wires low. oh lowering that down ow, ow.
2: You, can hear, you can almost hear the cliff going nun, 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 nun. but again you know uh, a good, that's a good styrofoam
0: uh, rocks are one of uh, the things that, define uh, <laughs> that defines star trek Yep, it's a
1: very good point oh uh, classic uh you know line right there you know I along had
2: with of you
1: along with get off my plane you know one of those yeah. lines.
4: <laughs> Although I don't know why he uh, jumped down there after him. Well, he was That's, upset there. No,
2: that, he yeah, he was it. already out of commission at that point. Just leave his ass down there.
1: Right, like you. Well, he had the he had the upper hand. You know, he had the the, top, the high ground, so he was taking advantage of it by jumping something right. like that. Anakin.
2: No, I have the high ground.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he, We're not but, talking uh, about that movie here.
4: I know, but what I'm saying is he. He had the high ground. Why did he jump to the low ground?
1: Well, I yeah, meant he, he had was, the high yeah. ground. The, the advantage would be to jump down on him mm. to get the jump no.
4: on him. No, the advantage would be to wait until he tries to get back up. And then well, kick he, his ass. I, And, I, and he then was, kick him in the face. He was being brash. Just you know, he just Kirk likes to, to jump. He does. Yeah, I know. That's a good point. But this he is, uh,
1: you know, we mentioned the score a little bit, but this is one of the most rousing pieces of the score, I think. And, and then him
4: speaking in Klingonese.
1: Oh, yeah, it's beautiful. But finally, they. <laughs> they uh, I don't know if any of you have the extended... Uh, Two disc set of it. Oh, it's very. It's, they it, finally
2: it, included this suite on there. Oh,
1: it's beautiful. I mean, some, for so many years, people were trying to get a hold of this, and um, finally they released it. And uh, this is one of the the best pieces in in the whole uh, in the whole set. I love it. And That's then my
2: it coming up and the, the the last thing you see of Genesis is probably one of the best effects that LI- ILM ever did. Is when the bird of prey is flying away and the Genesis planet just like vomits out this huge section of lava into space it's, a, it's an amazingly well done shot uh, and it still holds up yeah but I john that's that's Jean right? john larroquette yep. right john i'll, Fine, kill, you I'll you kill you later
1: well see so, you know you, <laughs> know you mentioned that you know they keep using this klingon bridge set but um do they mention why they remodeled it for star trek 4 because it's the same ship but the bridge is totally was, different
2: Well, they did. They needed it to be a little bit more like they wanted to set it up more like a conventional bridge because the the one in this is not set up that way. They wanted it to be almost mimic what, because if you look at the way it's structured in Star Trek 4, it's almost like the Enterprise Bridge only in Klingon format. Everyone has their regular station. It's just rearranged a little bit. Here it's not so much the same way because all the Mm -hmm. people are spread
1: around. Yeah, I mean, I always thought, you you know. That does look good. Yeah, it does. And I always thought that was something that Scotty did while they were on Exile on Vulcan. You know, he had the time to reformat the bridge, you know. That's the the way I always kind of justified it. I mean, it
0: it was enough time for Spock to, you know, get all his lessons and stuff.
2: All right, well, movie's over for me. Uh, I'm uh, going to go take an extended shit for the next 30 minutes. Well, you
1: know what? I mean, you may... I I know a lot of people say this movie, you know, when it gets to this part, it it really slows because there's no stakes left, but I think it's... I I, I don't agree. I think it's it's just an extended denouement. I mean, we know, of course, that Spock is going to come back to life, but there's still always a little bit of us that wants to think that maybe it won't work because nothing is for sure in life, and... Even this moment here, I mean... When, when it comes they, when, to
2: Hollywood movies of 1984, believe me, there are definitely sure things. Well, in uh, life,
1: there there is. not. Yeah, but we
0: know. also said there's no way they're going to kill Mr. Spock in a not. movie. But, but look
1: at this scene here. I mean, when do we ever get to see these two be intimate together in the sea... To see DeForest Kelly, to see Bones uh, let his guard down in front of Spock, even though Spock is unconscious. Well, and my but.
2: problem isn't necessarily with the scene in itself, in and of itself. It's very well staged, it's very well done, I and mean, it's got a point to it. I just question the length of it at this point in the movie. After everything that has just happened, all the shit that has just transpired, to go with a very solemn, spiritual scene, which has an ending that is not really in question at this point, for me it just it doesn't end the movie on the note that it needs to. It just drags out. Well, I, I think wish
1: that- I think you said spiritual, you know, and that that's something that Star Trek usually never gets. I mean, this movie is soulful. I mean, when can you say that about Star Trek?
2: Well that's great. Again, it's just this is a pacing issue with me. It's truly a pacing issue. I think it's, like it's all this I agree coming with, now. Yeah, I
1: agree with you, the late. pace is slow, but I think it works. It gives you a payoff that emotionally is very, very uplifting, I think very satisfying. To me,
0: they've just been through death and life together.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is great. I mean, this is the first time we ever really see Vulcan, isn't it? I mean, we never saw Vulcan before this.
0: Oh no, we've uh, seen it a mock time in Star Trek: The Motion Picture. Well, yeah, but uh, not to this, not to to this detail. No, no. Yeah, you saw a lot in Star Trek: The Motion Picture. Oh
1: yeah, they did have some wide match shots. Yeah.
0: There was that giant. Uh, statue. statue that
1: that yeah.
0: yeah
2: well a lot of that wasn't until the director's cut version where they, no, they really if w- you no no there yeah. seriously there was only I mean one, there was no wide shot there was only one big wide shot of where the altar area was all that other stuff was added for the director's cut because
1: you know, they didn't have the money you know there are you know aerodynamically it doesn't make sense for a ship to have wings but you know this bird of prey is just a beautiful a, design it's a beautiful ship. I mean, why does it need to bend its wings? It doesn't, but it's it's effective. Uh, it's
4: des- it's designed for space. Space actually there's no need aer- for aerodynamics. Well that's what and I know. No, that's a
1: like but, you know.
0: but this has you know, this has landing pads and a ramp. This ship is designed to enter an atmosphere and land. Right. Yeah. yeah so that's it, a good point. Yeah.
2: And get straight out of the ocean and have whales in it.
4: Baby whales that are gonna die. Whales. Lonely.
2: <laughs> lonely and
3: forgotten
4: forgotten vulcan stonehenge
3: yep. god i hate star trek 4 hey did you make it to stonehenge mike uh yes i did it was very cool oh bad is it all roped off like you can't get to it and stuff or chain uh, you, off? yeah you can't there's like a path around it you can't get to it but there are some
0: I guess summer tours where people can actually go up and touch the rocks.
1: Well, this is a this is I mean this this scene here is is giving us a lot about Vulcan culture that we usually that we'd never really get before.
0: That, that's mean. what I really liked about it. I mean, yeah, it may be kind of long, but this you know the, the Vulcan mysticism that the Starfleet yeah, commander right. does not understand uh, is is something that I really like a lot about Star Trek.
1: I mean, look at all so, this this visual. Like, you know this visual dessert we're getting right here. We never get to see Vulcan in, in detail
3: like this. Really, you know, all these costumes and and hot chicks, the ritual and yeah. I is, mean, well, there's is a lot that of
2: hot st- Vulcan chicks.
3: Is that still Bella Lugosi's wife or is that someone else? now?
2: No, no. That is uh, Dame Judith Anderson, who actually came out of retirement. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was a longtime actress. She won an Oscar for Rebecca back in the '30s. Uh, she came out of retirement to do this because her, I believe, her grandson or her son. Said, "Oh, you have a chance to be in Star Trek. You got to do that." Oh wow! So that's that's why she's here. This was like the first time she'd been on screen. I think at that time in like thirteen years.
1: Was it? Uh, am I getting my stories mixed up? Was the actress in the motion picture? Was she a recurring character? I mean, did we seen her before?
2: No, no.
1: When Spock no. was trying to go through the colonar? No,
2: no.
0: But, they've but had three was, old women kind of Vulcan master things. But
2: that but there had was, been... there was one to power. I think was uh, to Paul. Or to power. in that was the
0: first one. Okay. Yeah,
2: Celia, Celia Lovsky played her. I don't know who played the woman in Star Trek, the motion picture, but it was not the same actress or the same role.
3: The motion picture and was Bella Lugosi's wife, though, right? Or am I lost, my law, totally lost. I, on her. I, I'm not sure.
1: I, I, don't I know. I, I've never heard her affiliated with Star Trek before. I didn't even know he was married. Or...
2: But it was actually a major coup getting Dame Judith Anderson for this role. She didn't do. Uh, She didn't, like like I said, she hadn't worked in like 13, 14 years at this point. She didn't do stuff like this very often. So to get her, uh, I remember Leonard Nimoy commenting that he was just like bowled over to have her. Which is probably why she has such an, this role is beefed up considerably from what it would probably normally be. Well, she uh, sells
1: it as, as, as yeah. good as can be. She makes one darn good Vulcan, I mean.
2: Yeah, she's great. I mean, she was, she's got the, the, the perfect authority yeah. for it.
1: I mean, it's got to be hard to be able to play a Vulcan when you said you, you're not allowed to show emotion. I mean, it's that's, it, that's like Geordie, That's like LeVar Burton complaining about, well, I can't act without my eyes, and you took away my right. eyes. I mean, it's got to be incredibly hard. And, you know, you look at the, the staples. I mean, Spock is the essential Vulcan. He set up, you know, Vulcans, and then you got Mark Leonard here. And some people will use them as templates, like to Paul and in Enterprise. You know, they'll model themselves after them. And
4: my my favorite Spock is is still Zachary Quinto, though, just because of the emotion that's behind his eyes. Because early on, Vulcans they say they don't feel emotion. That's early Star Trek. They don't feel emotions, and then later you find out they do feel emotions, and they're they're just repressing them, and it's always back. And I, I, I've always liked Zachary Quinto's portrayal because you can see that he's holding back those emotions, but they're still there in his eyes. And that's actually where you get some of the best Vulcan performances, where you can see they're holding back that emotion.
0: And that that I think you you can find even in, in a lot of,
1: of Nimoy's.
2: Uh, oh, sure. Versions, especially later on, especially after the... Oh, I'm not um, saying Nimoy didn't do it. I'm just saying well I yeah
1: like Zachary. He does have that moment in Star Trek VI where he, you know, takes the phaser away from uh, Valeris. Yeah, that's you know?
2: true. Now here we uh, we have the next ten minutes, and Dame Judith Anderson gives the uh, world's most impressive performance of a USB cable.
1: Well, uh, yeah,
2: transferring transferring uh, uh, one bit of information to the one brain to the other.
1: I think it's, it's really, uh, really
2: thrilling shit here.
1: It, I think it's emotionally charged to the extreme. I mean, I don't know if you guys have ever. Uh, you know, tape recorded, like, you know, with a cassette tape, like the, the the movie soundtrack, or just ripped it and put it on your iPod. But if you just listen to this movie, this this music is, is so beautiful. I think it's so moving that the imagery is just dessert to me. I mean, I think the, the score by Horner really sells this completely.
2: Well, thank God it is there because otherwise, this is, I mean, it's already for me very dull because it, there's really nothing going on here, but the music is selling much more than what we're actually seeing. And again, it just goes
1: down. Dude, to that point. was not that long.
2: No, I've never said that. I, I was exaggerating, obviously, to a point. I mean,
1: you think maybe in hindsight it feels longer to you? and you know? No, that? it
2: still feels long. Seriously, I feel like I've been sitting here for 20 minutes on Vulcan. I know we've only been here for about seven, eight minutes, but it feels much longer. Than
1: I think that. people, maybe a lot of people, that's why they, they dismiss this movie. Uh, you know, because maybe in their memory they think it's not as good as they think it is. I think people make that mistake when it comes to the Wrath of Khan. Wrath of Khan, I never thought it was perfect. There's a lot of parts in it, I don't think. Are, I mean, well, the stuff on regular, you know, I'll fast forward past that. I mean, the movie's got a lot of dead spots to me. Um, and I think it's people's memory that keeps that movie alive when I don't think it's.
0: And, and it's thing, the, so. the love that's felt for it because, mm-hmm. you know, there's. There, I still want to do a nitpicker commentary in that movie because you can rip it to pieces, but you still love it because it just. You enjoy it so much, you don't care if big parts of it don't really make any sense or are incredibly contrived because it's just it's a love factor it's this saved Star Trek Um, but in a lot of ways you know this this sort of got it back on track I mean I, I I I'm intrigued by the idea of you know if Nimoy had not come back if they would have just continued Star Trek but basically with Savick and David Marcus Filling Spock's role, I mean, you kind of have to split the character into. He's certainly much more the scientist, um, and then having a very strange dynamic with Kirk and his son on the same ship. I mean, that could have been an interesting future for Star Trek, but I don't think it would have worked as much as having Nimoy back. And that's what this movie really—that's what it did.
2: I uh, it, and I don't want to make the—I don't want to give the impression that this is a film that I saw once or twice and dismissed, and I've never revisited. I've seen Star Trek three, with the possible exception of Star Trek two. I think it's the one I've seen the most. I saw it a ton of times in the theater. I've revisited it a bunch of times on video. I've seen it at least once or twice every five years or so. I, I revisit this movie. Um, so it's not like I'm unfamiliar with it. I know most of it by heart. So I don't, my opinion of it has not, the, the good parts have gotten, or have remained as strong, and in many ways have even been enriched over times. But the weak parts, for me, stand out even more so because the other stuff is so good. And that's the frustrating thing about this movie for me, is if they had just taken some more time and really strengthened the narrative of the picture, you would have had a film that would have. There would never would have been an odd numbered curse. There never would yeah. have been any talk. There never would have been any talk of one. Um, well, as a res- as a result, you have a movie that's fifty percent absolutely top notch and fifty percent uh just loose connective thread that doesn't really man. go
1: anywhere. Well, I think Star Trek Five is probably what added more to that curse. I think because it's just the fact that four and two were so successful. I think, but uh, and
0: I mean, this was a very successful. This was. Movie. It was. No, this oh, did, it was, this did, did this was hugely well, successful. a Very popular. Well,
1: I, I think in it. it's in, you know in hindsight. Because people think of one in five as being really awful, when I don't think they are at all. I mean, they're actually really quality no, films, and okay. I think they lumped that in here just just to make it sound good because it's odd. So yeah, it goes there, right? And you know, look, at
0: I think it is. It is certainly not the strongest. I mean, to me, this is kind of you know, this is in the middle Star Trek.
4: You know, what's uh, funny too is as time goes on for me. 4, even though I, I've always joked about 4 being my least favorite, 4 does not age well just because they go back to 1986.
2: And Well, now it's it, become a period piece. It, it
4: really is weird. It's, it's kind of awkward, that movie now. Whereas this one, it's just Spock. You know, yeah, well, there's, it's nothing,
2: th- there's really nothing to date this obvi- other than some obvious hairstyles and fashion choices. Right. Which you could just chalk up to bad future sense.
1: Right, bad uh,
4: future fashion, that's all it is.
1: Well, yeah, Star Trek IV really does kind of stand out, I think, as a, as a black sheep when you look at it in that way, it does. But, um, yeah, it is kind of a period piece that you mentioned it that way, a period yeah, on it, the 80s, you know, it's comments oh, it, on the 80s, yeah. It's very, very
4: much, it's Save the Whales, damn near 30 20. years. It's a yeah, Save yeah. the Whales movie, if you, unless you're, uh, if you're under the age of, what, 30 you don't know anything about Save the Whales. That was such a fucking huge thing in the '80s.
2: Oh yeah. Um, but but anyway, getting back, this isn't very. I do like this moment between the two of them, where he's remembering shit that's going on. Well, this is it's what I think, of them.
1: Uh, This is what I think makes the movie unique and stand out to me: the fact that we've had this very long sequence with almost no dialogue. I mean, when does this happen in Star Trek? Never. I mean. And it never happened again. I think they did it. Mass- I think it's masterful. I mean, if you want my honest opinion. We get and the I- eyebrow. Well, you yeah, yep. end we on the it. eyebrow. Yeah. Yeah.
4: You end on the eyebrow because that's how you know it's Spock. That's, yeah. that's the a little, sign.
0: Give us a and little I, cue. And I do like
4: that at this point,
0: there is, there is a question of what are they going to do now? Yeah, I mean, right. they did lose and their the ship. The ship is gone. They, they're, they're, yeah. they're drummed out of Starfleet. One of them is legally dead. Yeah, right. uh, you know what? How are they
2: gonna explain next? that shit? You know, I, yeah, it's it's it's. I don't know. I think maybe if, I, I just think if they had restructured it to a certain degree. So they're
4: as Spock,
2: as five, five people, five, five
4: names. It's crazy, right?
1: Well, um, in in closing, since we're we're in the credits here, and uh, I think I think the movie leaves us on a hopeful note. But also, like you said, I mean, they did commit treason. You know, they blew up the Enterprise just all for their friend. And um, yeah, I think that's what makes this the most emotionally impactful for me—the the sacrifice that occurs within it. And um, as the middle part of the Star Trek trilogy, it, it will uh, always stand out to me as my uh, most well, like to me. I mean, not everyone's going to feel that way, but uh, and my most cherished of all the Star Trek films, and that's how I feel about it personally. See,
0: for for me, I. I, uh, I had been a Star Trek fan, or I had liked Star Trek uh, throughout, you know, the TV show and syndication. I really enjoyed Star Trek The Motion Picture a great deal, you know, when I saw it as a kid. Um, and, you know, in retrospect, I may have found more fault with it, but it was Star Trek on the big screen. But then Star Trek two was what really turned me into a Star Trek fan. So this was the first Star Trek movie I went into as a fan. I, I actually wore a costume uh, to opening day uh, I went to the opening, opening day <laughs> performance with friends in costume with like our technical manuals and, and this really was the first time I I had an expectation you know I, I bought the, the, the soundtrack uh, I bought the novelization which was a great novelization actually it's better than, than the movie it turned out to be in a lot of ways they flesh a lot out Um, so that's, you know, to me, part of, of what I like about this movie is just that this was the first movie I saw as a Star Trek fan. Um, and, uh, it had, a lot of things haven't aged well, but, and I remembered it less fondly, but when I, I watched it again, you know, in preparation for this, I was like, you know, I really do like this movie a lot and I, and it's got some pacing issues, but it's also fairly short, um. And, uh, you know, I, I, I still like, you know, I, I just kind of realized with the exception of Insurrection, I like every Star Trek movie, even the ones that I don't necessarily think are, are great movies.
3: Yeah.
1: Dude, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, Insurrection
3: is the best one. If you
1: want to talk about story problems, I mean, Insurrection is, uh, it's just the fact that it's not really I can't get worse enough about Insurrection.
3: Uh, yeah. a masterpiece. Well, uh, <laughs> uh, Justin. I'm watch but, uh, it on Blu-ray right now.
1: Justin, what are your closing thoughts on the movie? Great. I think we lost him.
3: Uh, well, <laughs> movie sucks my dick. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, uh, Damon, uh, how do you feel? Wrap up your uh,
3: for us. I,
4: I, I actually, similar to Mike, because the more I watch this movie, the more I like it. it it's one of those that I'm like, oh, because it was, I, I come from way after where one, what is it, one, three, and five are supposed to be the bad movies. And then you go back and watch them and you go, oh, they're, they're not that bad. They're okay. And then you find little bits and pieces in them, and you go, holy shit, that's great. That builds on to the character of Kirk or or Spock or McCoy or any of them. Well, any of the three, because the rest of them get left behind in these movies. But those three characters become icons in these movies, and not necessarily just the TV show. This is where they solidify their epic standing, and that's the reason why we can have uh, oh, Frank Welker. Spock screams. Yeah. That's another Spock. You um,
2: see <laughs> Frank Force there. That's Leonard Nimoy.
4: That's Leonard Nimoy. But yeah, you know, I I really like this movie, and uh, can't say enough about it.
2: No, it may not be a good
0: movie, but it is good Star Trek.
4: It it is good Star Trek. Yeah, but most Star Trek, as we did a couple weeks ago, mediocre Trek. <laughs> most Star Trek is mediocre at best, and sometimes some things rise above that median line and. And
1: there's tons of shit in this movie that I, don't I rise this does not I
0: think this does that, yeah. Yeah,
1: right. for sure. Well,
3: all right. Uh, how about you, Alan? Any closing thoughts on it? Well, yeah. <laughs> okay. Thank you for asking. <laughs> Basically, there you know, there's such a gap in Star Trek as far as like, <laughs> you know, not being on TV, no current series, and all that stuff. Last movie being a couple years late, it's like. You go back and uh, you're kind of, you're you're more forced to appreciate it. You know, it's not like if there was continual Star Trek out that would be better, you would not even think about this at all. But because there's only a few movies of the original cast, it's kind of like, you know, whatever the choice do you have, you either watch this or nothing, you know, so... Um, I guess if you're totally burned out on watching the the good ones, you can go back and watch this one. <laughs> you know, it's okay. You know, I'm I'm glad it's there. You know, is it a total masterpiece of Star Trek Dom and movie making? No. But uh that's not what star to me, that's not or probably to most people, that's not what Star Trek is about anyway. So I'm happy it's here. It's got some cool key moments and stuff. But uh man, yeah, it's like a once every three-year thing i can check it out and like you know and i do it when i watch well, i watch the, and basically, wh- it. basically you know it takes a new media for me to watch it so hey okay now it's out on blu-ray okay i'll watch it you know last time i watched it before was like when dvds were new you know type of a thing but uh i'm happy it's there uh you know what could he say all right well thanks uh
1: i think we've heard from everyone but uh you mr felcher you have any closing thoughts
3: uh, no, I'm pretty much
2: whatever I just said. I mean, the, movie, <laughs> okay. the movie, you know, the movie works in, in, in many ways. And it just, uh, I think it's memorable for the, the individual moments rather than as a whole. And uh, having watched it again now, that pretty much just confirms what I've always felt about the movie. I, I, uh, I, guess, it's good, I guess it's good that nothing has, nothing has dimmed, in my opinion, of the good stuff. The good stuff still works really well. And uh, so that's the be- best thing I can say about it.
0: I, I do have a question for everyone though okay um so where do you place Star trek three uh in the ranking of of the original series let's leave uh let's leave the next gen movies on but looking at the six, where does this go for me it's 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 after two and six I probably <laughs> put this and four. No, you know what? I think I put five. I've i I've I've learned to love five, strangely enough, more than both Five's this. Great. And four. So, yeah, I would put this and four pretty comparable above the first one. But if I'm feeling generous to five, I might put five above it. Uh,
1: well, it all depends. I mean, um, they're all good in their own separate ways. But as to rank them, I would say this is uh, – I said it was on Most Cherished. So, yeah, I guess I put it at number one for me.
4: Yeah, definitely the middle. You know, it's not the best of them. It's not the worst of them. It, it, it has its moments, and I almost want somebody to actually take the best moments of all six of the Star Trek movies and piece <laughs> them in together into one great fucking awesome Star Trek
1: movie. Someone will do it one day.
4: Actually, it would be neat to
0: combine two, three, and four into one long movie.
1: could be done. All right, well... um, uh, the movie's ended, but I just want to thank everyone for uh, sitting with us and watching the movie with us. It's been a lot of fun to give Star Trek Three some, some attention, some love. Uh, I just want to thank uh, everyone for, for coming on the uh, commentary with me uh, Mr. Felcher, Mike Ortiz, <laughs> Alex, and uh, Damon. Thanks a lot, guys. It's, uh, it's been a lot of fun. Sorry I kept you up so late, but. Um,
0: oh, I, I had fun. Yeah. Yeah, me too.
1: All right. Well, until next time, this is Josh, and I'm signing off.